now, introducing the man who spent the last two months trying very hard to understand non-fungible tokens, and while he feels he's finally reached a breakthrough, the Reddit community was somewhat perplexed that he'd uploaded a painting titled, quote, me as one of Jack's French girls, unquote, for anybody to download. After waking up with sharp stomach pains, he began to second-guess his new regiment of, quote, drinking six ounces of barbecue sauce in attempts to stimulate the itis, unquote, although he says he has no regrets regarding the tattoo over his stomach reading only Sweet Baby Ray's. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio, and indeed, happy o- uh, opening. opening. I'm not okay with this. Home opening day. i, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate or that people shouldn't go to the game or anything like that, but like, I, it has never <coughs> meant the same to me. When it's not the actual opening Right. Day. I believe the same. It's not like, the same. It's still something. It's still festive. It's still something. It's just not the same to me when it's not the actual opening day it's well, a weird it's, it's, it's not weird opening thing. day no but we still call it opening. i call day. it the home opener and you don't do that you don't like go around it's not like you've, you've you know walked around town today like hey happy home opener everybody like i would on. i would say the orioles home openers today you would say that in like a uh, professional setting you wouldn't actually walk would. around you're not gonna walk around town today using the term a home opener that's not a thing. I mean, look, for what it's worth, I wrote opening day festivities in the rundown, I, so I guess you're right. I know I'm right. You but I do, do say that. home opener. To who? To the people. What people? All of them, really. There's nothing. This is not a thing. I you're was talking to, to my buddy in the neighborhood who's got a great Christ. dog. Great dog. Christ. You're trying to make something a thing that's not a thing. Well, it's a thing. It's not a thing. Well, let's not start God. off on the wrong foot here, Glenn, but God. it is a thing. It's definitely not. <laughs> Christ! People like this apparently. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what. I get you all right. I don't know what people like anymore. Well, Brian Powell likes it. Yeah, we're gonna do. We'll talk (laughs) about that later. Um. Anyway, so I. It is still a. And obviously, it's it's weird, right? Because it's not the typical gathering that we would have. Forty thousand. Like I had a moment yesterday where I debated just going ahead and 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 purchasing a ticket and going down and. I couldn't justify. Uh, I'm, just I'm, not, I'm not trying to knock the Orioles. They were trying to do the bit where they wanted you to believe the game was sold out. It's not e- even with the, the limited number. It's not sold out, which is like for a couple of reasons. One, because their people didn't know that there were tickets that were actually available. Like they thought they had to buy. They want you to think the game's sold out, so you'll buy a, a, a multi-game plan. At some point, as they get close to the game and realize they're not selling all of those plans, they start to put some tickets available, but Again, in order to make you believe that it's sold out, they put really bad tickets on sale for really expensive prices. I couldn't justify it. I just couldn't. Like, it's not. It's. It was. It. It's not the day that I want it to be. Sure. I. I'm not going to be going around Mingling. saying hello to everybody, doing the whole deal. You'll still wear so, the pants that everyone. Well, yeah. Quote I mean, unquote pants. Pants, right? right yeah. Correct. Yeah. Look, it's a. It's a kilt, pal. I've it. been wearing it for years. I still think you made. Too many decorative decorative cuts. Uh, you don't you don't buy a bedazzler to not use it. I know right? you were enthusiastic after the snowflake last so, in kindergarten. So. so so I'm I just couldn't I couldn't justify it. I don't even know. I mean I would let me check right now. How how much they cost? Like I mean I, it's like did, seventy some bucks for at least an upper deck one, right? No, and you're talking about like what it is on StubHub. I'm talking about like the literally actual, through. Just go buy tickets. I hear you. Like they're available. Hang on a second. Let me pull it up and see what they are. Um, I considered going down to the area, right, and and doing that, but I'm I got other stuff I got to deal with. Clearly, others are not like I just got the whole afternoon to to, to frolic. But I, it's, oh, I guess they're going back to saying there's none left. 
Uh, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. There well, were only eleven thousand for there, sale, there right? Were, uh, yeah. So like Red Sox. But there were. I'm telling you, there were a lot available yesterday. That doesn't mean that they're not. Sure. I mean, I, I, they might have sold them all, but there were a lot, and they were just they were switching out what they were making available during the day. Like during the afternoon, you could have gotten uppers in the back corner for of left field for fifty bucks each. And Which is the worst area in the stadium, and right? it's like just I'm, three seventies, you know. Is, right? Like I, I like opening day, opening day. I, I like the whole. It's, it's not the same thing, and I wasn't going to pay that type of money for for today's game. I get and then it. later on in the day, they made like good seats available for ninety five bucks, and I was just like. And I also didn't know who would want to go with me. That's the other weird bit that I did today, where I was like, I I I, I gen- like, I I just haven't asked. I haven't asked anybody if they really wanted to go to the game. I was offered. I was actually offered tickets a couple weeks ago. I said no. Mm-hmm. I said no. Regretted that decision later when I was thinking about buying them. I'm like, why don't I just take those tickets? But I was doing. I talked to, to you guys when Jeremy was on with us. I was like, there's somebody else that wants these more than I do. I know that. I know that somebody else wants to go more than I want to go. So I'll just let somebody else have the tickets. And then I was like, damn it, I should have just taken them. I kind of felt stupid for that. But. Um, it's what it is. It's what it is. Today, enjoy uh, whatever we want to call this opening day, home opener, whatever you want to call it. It's a it's a festive day as baseball returns to Baltimore. They're still going to do the orange carpet, I'd imagine. They're going to do all of the stuff. Speaking of which, our buddy Rob Long's going to join us. He's actually taking over responsibilities for emceeing uh, all of the pregame festivities. It was Jim Hunter in the past. Uh, obviously, Jim's no longer with the Orioles, so Rob gets that job, which is. Uh, just unbelievable to me. I, I got to be honest. We'll deal with this. What? What? I love Rob. He knows that. I, you know, God bless him. But what the F? Rob? Rob is that guy now? I know some things. I know some things. I'm happy for Rob. I, it's very cool. I know it's a, you know, we talked about lifelong dreams and guys wanting to you know, throw first pitches. Rob, this definitely qualifies as a lifelong dream for a guy who's been a big Orioles fan for a long time. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we'll get to our weekly draft segment. Uh, Eric Edholm is going to join us from Yahoo Sports later on in the program. And and who knows, maybe uh, some stuff or things might pop up along the way. Today's program brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, 410-401-9797, or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Um, look, a fun night last night, obviously, as it turns out. Ended up being quite pleasant. John Means pitches well. Ryan right. Mountcastle. You put the ball in play. Wacky things can happen. Yeah, if you don't strike out every time you go to the plate. I, I've heard that's good. I heard you don't want to always strike out. Um, Ryan Mountcastle, look, we all knew that defense was going to be an issue. Left field on top of that is is not really – it is goofy that at some point the Orioles didn't, during during his progress up, say, we're really sure he's not going to be this. So maybe as he moves up we do a little bit more of another thing. Sure. That is kind of goofy that they could see what was ahead of him in the organization. Now, somebody would say they did something similar with, say, Manny Machado. Well, Manny Machado well, Elias was quite a different type of player. It wasn't far after. I think 2019 was when they sort of stopped the... The third base the experiment, of but, the but left they were, infield but they sort of still thing. weren't trying. They still weren't saying they weren't initially just let's, saying you're let's, an outfielder. Let's or, take a look at what we have ahead of him sure. in the system, and also recognize he's not really going to be a first baseman either. Yeah. 
They were still talking about him being a second baseman. There Which was, I always thought was an intriguing option. But it, you know, look, if you could feign a uh, shortstop, right, you could feign a second baseman. If you can catch Dodge wrench, you can dodge a ball kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't disagree. And I think it was probably in 2019 when they started putting him in the outfield a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. A little bit. Like, they started, I, I think, I rotating him around in the minors. I don't think it was much. He didn't really play much at all in the outfield at any point. I mean, I... I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Orioles, for what it's worth, have had, whether they've produced the talent at the major league he level, have had prospects in the outfield that they've been high he on. He played 26 games in the outfield. That's well, a handful, right? It's, it's not nothing. It's, I mean, it's it, a look. It's, it's, it's next to nothing, man. I mean, it's next to nothing. They were playing him at first base. They were... They were and I like on on a minor league team in Norfolk. I understand why he might be your first baseman, but you could look up here and see what was here and say well, Trey was still playing a probably decent. Trey plays not. better left field than than Ryan. Mountcastle. Yeah. Of course he does. There's so no doubt about that. I mean, but he certainly doesn't play as good at first base, right? Like Mancini has played very well defensively at first base so far this year. No, well, there's no reason for Trey Mancini to not be your first baseman. Like there's well, unless you had an option at first base who definitely couldn't play left field. It, it, is there it, at some point could we find out that Ryan Mount, Mountcastle absolutely is not an option in left field, and you're forced to make that move? I guess that could be the case. I'm not convinced that the that well, what I'm not, you're losing. I'm not, I'm I, don't, not, I don't. I don't know what Mountcastle's first base looks like either. Really. I don't like, really know that either. For he should be able to have some range. You'd think. You think he's playing left field right now? Think, yeah, but he. But, I you know, get it. Not great. No, at least not last night. Sure. Not last night. Not great at all. He's a decent athlete though. Well, nobody's saying he's not an athlete. As far as he's, running, just, like he's not slow. We, we always knew this was an issue. Like this is not surprising. This is the Ryan Mountcastle story. Is it like DJ Story? Is he back tonight? Is he? I don't he know was, if it's it was today. discussion about yeah, Thursday if, earlier yeah, in the week. I don't know if it's today or not. Um, but look, you know, it's, it's what it is, and ultimately. You know, credit Anthony Santander, who nor almost did it the inning before. Literally almost had two of them. At the end of the game, I guess if he would have gotten the first throw. one, it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't needed the second one. A little bit off the line, um, but you know, it's the, nearly had him on the first one. The second one, I I, I still haven't seen any angle from third base. I, I cannot believe that Gio Urshela actually took off. There's there's just no way he was out <laughs> he was, by a so, yeah. mile and a half. Yeah. I mean, Pedro Severino had time to, like, read a book. I was wondering if he was just despondent about his decision at the end, but he was hurt a little bit. You know, his helmet. Oh, you could tell. Up. The tag was pretty sure. hard to but the face. There was also part of me, like, he's not taking this very well. Oh, no, I'm I'm <laughs> sure he was also upset about the situation, but you could also, as you watch, rewatch oh, the yeah. tag, no, no it was hard to the face. Which I sometimes mean, you got to race. Yeah, whatever. They got the app. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, it, you know, I'm sure in New York they're criticizing the Yankees for deciding to bunt. I, the I don't. Orioles aside, the bonds that it worked out. I, you know, I don't. As this is why. By the way, we'll get to it in a minute. I cannot believe there are still people that are pretending like the extra inning thing isn't the best thing that's happened to baseball in years. It's hilarious to me that we keep doing this bit where it's somehow sacrilegious instead of what it actually is, which is amazing. It has created. It forces baseball. It's phenomenal. We actually get to watch some baseball in our baseball game. The thing that everybody thought it was where it wasn't baseball, it's the exact opposite of that. The rest of the game isn't baseball. This is the baseball part. It's incredible. It's uh, unbelievable to watch. God bless. 
And Papa, nobody's Papa saying bless. what's that? Papa bless. Sure, whatever. Nobody's suggesting that it should exist for uh, every inning of the game, but at some point I might, if uh, if the, the the rest of the the sport continues to be as complete strikeout and home run centric as it's been. I don't know. At that, that point now, you're eliminating fun windups. Oh, okay, yeah. That, do that we really would be, want to be a real bummer to lose that? <laughs> couldn't couldn't stomach the idea of losing that. I am. It is hilarious to me that we still and and I, I I know that for a lot of people it's just the I decided I didn't like this so it doesn't matter anymore. I already decided it. I don't. I didn't want change. I don't like change, and I don't care what the actual results are. I know that it's a lot of that. I can't imagine the defense of a person who is still holding out this absurd notion that this isn't not only isn't good, isn't great, isn't wonderful. I couldn't, by the way, I was, uh, I had a game myself last night, so I was driving home, and I was so excited about extra innings, but I needed to take the trash out, and as I've explained to people before, it is quite the haul for me to take my trash. Mm-hmm. It is it is an unbelievable burden. Why don't you have a segue yet? I would like to look into that. I think yeah. my son go, might go, have go one. Go full yeah, Job, right. you know? Yeah, seriously. I might look into that at some point. But I did this is this is the wacky bit that I did last night cuz I didn't want to turn anything off. I literally held trash cans out the window of my car mm-hmm. and drove okay. back and forth with the trash cans to the things. down to the the street Normally corner. Normally they're bags full of empty beer cans, but I've done similar things. Okay. Well, it says something about you. It's not like it's like a, the, when you clean the house up mm-hmm. and you don't want it dripping in your car kind of thing. But this is this is older, older where, younger Kyle. But where were you living that you couldn't have this just? This is a younger Kyle. This is at house parties when you used to do house parties back in the day. And there were house the parties where you were you you help you clean could, up and then you you didn't. So they didn't want they, their parents were going to come home. Not necessarily. So it's just I like don't understand why you wouldn't just put it in the trash can. Well, it's not always as easy as that. What, what do you mean it's you not always as easy as that? You have a couple bags full of beer cans, and good luck finding a trash can. Well, you leave all your them with cans. the trash. I ain't taking somebody else's trash home. That ain't happening. Are you kidding me? Here, man. Take them. You can take them to trash yourself. Yeah. I expect. I like people to help out, but that's that's a step beyond that. Well, that, look at me then. That suggests you might be trying to dispose of a dead body. And that was a different night. Like that just suggests something else. Different. Driving home with the trash from the party. That's weird. No. That's a weird bit. Not man. Driving home. I'm not driving home. Where are you going? To a dumpster. Why? To throw it away. People come collect the trash, Kyle. Not all those bags of beer cans. Yes, even the bags of beer cans. I don't know. They come collect all the trash. There are men who are paid to do that. I just want you to know that I was relating to your story. This is a weird. Slightly differently. It's weird, is what it is. I kind of think you're making a bigger deal. Out I've of this never than it in is. my life gone to a party and said, "Let me take some." It uh, may a have parting been, gift. There may let have been. Let me take some trash with me. There may have been the parent situation that's, involved. That's the only way that this makes any sense. They blur together parties these days. But that's the only way the story makes any sense is if you're a child. Well, it wasn't and a child. A child. I was a man child. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I um, was a big child. Well, that might be true, but that didn't make you a man. If I you said were man a child, child. No, just a child. If you were a big child, maybe. If you were a child yeah. who was at somebody's house and they were worried about their parents finding the empty beer cans. and so But you I had don't to think those were the only. I might have had it happen in the other instance, too. Then you're a weirdo who's stealing trash. Stealing, no. You're stealing you trash. You 10 cents in Michigan. Oh, that's, you know, now that's a different thing. If you're using this for profit, that's a different Can't scenario. be done. And I might give you credit for it. <laughs> I don't know. But my wa- word, what a weird story this is. You're welcome. I was enjoying the extra innings so much, or I was prepared to enjoy extra innings so much, 
that I literally drove my trash down to the corner, the bags, the, the cans hanging out of the window of my car because I couldn't take my my attention away from the baseball game for as much as one second. Like, do you regret we had reached the knocking glorious... down that 80-year-old tree? Yeah, a little bit. No, I don't. It was needed to go. It's been there forever. It's been blocking my view of Manor Road. I, I need a better view. Man, I, I just cannot, I cannot fathom it. So I do want to hear from you, and we'll talk more about it as the show goes on. I want to hear from anyone who... For, has an actual reason, not just I decided I didn't like it when they announced it, so I can't change my mind now. An actual, tangible reason for still being out on the extra inning thing. It's oh, unbelievable the, the, to me that anyone has watched this and has said anything other than, damn, they got this one right. The only justifiable gripe in any of it would have to come from the relievers, but, you know, oh well. Right, like what, a reliever what's, but what's saying. What's the justifiable gripe? Well, you are putting me up against it. But you don't. This isn't. They're not. They're not earned runs. If you give up the runner on second base, you're not taking an earned run for it. I still think you're taking the 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 blame to an extent for what happened if they were to score. If you're allowing a bases, you know, a single to score. Nobody's ever been mad at a reliever that an, that allowed an inherited run. Like nobody's ever said, "Oh, what a miserable failure. They inherited a runner on second base and couldn't stop." I've been mad at relievers before. You I'm mad at relievers about plenty of things, but it's never about inherited runners in scoring position. Sometimes when name yeah. one but that's the point like it's insane to suggest that you would be mad at a reliever who inherited a runner in scoring position and couldn't do it. like it's it'd be awesome if you could boy you would celebrate that and you would praise them for doing it but no one's ever said you know who i blame for losing this game the guy that inherited a runner on second base and nobody out and couldn't get out of the jam no it's not something we've ever said in the history of baseball i'm just saying they're the ones the only ones who I could see having a somewhat legitimate argument about why they would be upset about it. But if I understand what you're saying. It's not a credited run. Like it's not like this, but it's still There's is. no actual gripe there. There's no actual there's nothing that you could actually gripe about as a reliever. You're making their job harder. Sure, it's a more difficult job than just going in to start an inning, but you don't know if you would be the guy that would be going in to start the that. inning at that point. It's a more difficult job when there's a runner on second base, which again is right, what relievers. So it's guaranteed relievers, that to be the case, and it, I understand that. It, I understand that it's no. Your your job as a reliever is to enter into any situation no and get the guy out. I'm not denying that's, that. That's that's what you're paid to do in that spot, you know, because you weren't good enough to be a starter, frankly. Um, there's there's nothing there. I cannot fathom it, but I'd like to know if you're someone that's still clinging to the idea that it isn't the glorious thing that it is. I would love to know the defense of it because I started seeing it again last night from people that were still banging this drum that, that, that somehow it's ruined baseball or it's bad for baseball or something. I'm like, it's, are you watching? It's the best part of baseball. You can't take your eyes away from it. You have to watch. It's the best thing that's happened to baseball. This is crazy talk going to be watching baseball and encourage you to do it at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill where they have great food and good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports-themed family restaurant with 39 restaurants up and down the East Coast. Watch March Madness on a ton of TVs and each table has its own wireless speaker. Wireless speaker. 
wireless speaker, wireless speaker, wireless speaker. So you can tune into whatever game you're watching at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Find out more, glorydaysgrill.com. Been a little while. Wanted to get this man back on the program. You're going to be seeing him this afternoon as we celebrate opening day in Baltimore. Of course, you hear him every morning on 105.7 The Fan on the Big Bad Morning Show. He's our buddy Rob Long, and he's with us here on GCR. Dude, I, I don't believe this. Is it, You're the guy that's doing all the emceeing now? What world are we living in? <laughs> <laughs> How does this happen? <laughs> we live in a world of things that are finally right. That's uh, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, there's jokes that I want to make right now, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to make them anymore. <laughs> you, you know what? We'll continue to make those jokes off, man. Yes, we will. We, yes, we, we, we will. We, we yes, pump we the brakes down when the microphone is on because... Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> dude! Hey, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to say this to you. This is awesome, man. Congratulations! I know Thank how much I know how much this means to you. I know what yeah. an Orioles fan you are. Um, w- was there like a Rudy moment at all? Was there like a, my son's going to Notre Dame type of feeling? Like when you get the call, hey, dude, you're going to be the guy doing all of the on-field introductions on opening day. Uh, I'm still having that that moment right now. I, I have not wrapped my brain around this. And, and, you know, it's funny because when I got the text from your producer, I just, I laughed. I laughed because I thought of all people to go on radio with right now. Dude. Because, I mean, you know. Dude. I mean, this is, this is the team that I grew up being madly in love with. And, um, you know, you and I are from humble beginnings in radio. And that's not a, that's not a dig at our beginnings because I wouldn't be here now if not for those humble beginnings. But, you know. To go from there to where you are now, um, you know, it's it's, um, it's surreal. It's humbling. It is, um, and it's one of the, the today is probably Glenn one of the greatest honors that the Orioles could give me. Sure, so, uh, you know, it is. It's I mean, really because, cool. It's really cool, yeah. Rob. Like I, I, I was I was a kid running early the opening day to see Chuck Thompson do this. Yeah, I was the adult running the opening day. So my kid can see Jim Hunter do this. And now my family's running the opening day to see me do this. Dude, dude, I, you know, you're giving me chills right now, bro. Like, you're really giving me chills talking about it, man. Are, are you at all nervous, right? Like, I, I, I you know, you do every, all these other things. You've done them a million times, right? Like, you know, you go on and do radio. You've done doing, doing that for, for eternity, right? Like, you've done enough TV yeah. now. This is a little bit different, right? Like, do you get any apprehension at all? Is there any, like, you know, butterflies a little bit as you get ready to do something like this? Uh, a, a, a little different. This is huge. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> in a, in a word, right. yes. I'm, I'm nervous and I don't get nervous. You know why? Because I never saw myself doing radio. I never saw myself doing TV. But watching the men that I told you that I named from a kid, I saw myself doing that, even though I never thought I would. Hmm. I envisioned myself at the plate hitting a home run. That'll never happen. You know, I envisioned myself in the outfield robbing someone of a home run. That'll never happen. I envisioned myself announcing the players on opening day. And today, it's happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, yeah, the nerves was, you know, not not fear. And, and you played ball before, Glenn. Fear and nervousness are two different things. Of course, of course. I'm not afraid, 
but I'm nervous because I think because I have so much respect for what I'm about to do. Right. I, the magnitude of what's about to happen is huge for me because I grew up idolizing those men. So are, are, have you been like practicing in the mirror? Like, have you been doing that bit? I, you know, like I, I remember the first time, Rob, that I did play by play. I was like, I got to do this goofy thing. And now, you know, you do it enough that like you stop. You, you don't have to do that any right. longer, right? Right. But like yeah, the first yeah, veteran now. Correct. The first time you do play by play, you literally have to sit down and be like, Wow, I what is this like? Right? <laughs> like, what is this going to sound like? I got to get through. Are you doing that bit? Like, have you been saying? Um, you know, and announcing names in your underpants in front of a mirror the last couple of days. Well, yeah, I did that. But fortunately, yesterday, they took me, they asked me to come down to the stadium. I got there like 11 a.m. and I went through a dry run. Okay, all right. Uh, with the entire script because they wanted me to get used to the echo. Um, oh, yeah. Now, the great, thing, the great thing about this, though, Glenn, is um, I forget what they call it, the center field whatever they call it to you and I is the Cinefield bar. Yeah. Right? Yes, correct. I'm, I'm doing this I'm doing this from there. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So well, because of social distancing yeah, yeah, and all I get things. That. Right. And and it's really not but but I'm gonna tell you how cool it is. I'm up high and the whole field is in front of me. I see everything. That's a good point. That's a good point. I get to see everything. And in addition to that, all the speakers are in front of me. So even though I hear the echo I'm not in the middle of the echo where the echo is going to bounce off of me. The echo is in front of me. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, I mean, that makes it even more cool because everything is now in front of me. I'm not centered in everything where it's bouncing off because you heard Rob Manfred when we, people thought he was having a stroke. Right. We're getting uh, that feedback. Uh, yeah. Year. Yeah. And it was, it was the echo that was just, it was messing with him because, not only did he have that, but he had that without a full stadium, so it was even worse. So let me let me. So let, here with me, by my by my vantage point, I don't get the full effects of that 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 feedback. So let me let me give you something because we were talking, we had this hypothetical conversation come up this week about throwing a first pitch, right? And I said then, like, I, I'm not, I, I don't care, right? If I go up, I'm, I'm going for it if I ever throw a first pitch. I'm, I'm throwing from the mound. I'm doing, I'm not messing around. Like, I'm doing it. Because I don't care. If I screw up, so what? Who cares that I screwed up? You know what I mean? Like, it's not the end of the world. This is not what I do for a living, right? This is not, right. you know, it, it, I'm a goof that's going out throwing a ball. But this is what you do for a living, right? So right. If, if, if you butcher a name today in the process, do you kick yourself over it? Or do you, are you able to just be like, ah, I'll laugh about it, whatever. No big deal. You know, one thing, I, number one, it's my, it's my goal not to. Right, of course, but the obviously. One, the one thing about what, what, what I've learned by working with goofballs like you and yes. Jeremy Kahn. And, and Ray Bachman. Ray Bachman. The one thing you had to learn working with you all is how to laugh at yourself. Well, no, now, when you would we have ever made fun of you, Rob? That's not something we would yeah, ever okay. do. <laughs> if you don't learn to laugh with yourself working with you all, yeah. Then you'll get go your entire career with everybody else laughing at you. Yeah. That's just how it is. So yeah. you have to learn how to laugh at so, so even though I'll go into this with with you know I'm gonna get this right. I'm gonna get the pronunciations right. I'm gonna get there early to make sure I have all the phonetical phonetic breakdowns of everybody. If I am to fumble, then it will you'll be, be one big joke yeah, tomorrow right. with right. Ed right. and right. Jeremy no, on you. the big yeah. bad morning. That's show, a good yeah? point. <laughs> it's good content, actually. It's really good content <laughs> yeah. if it yeah, works and, out there. And, and again, you learn, working with you all, you learn that. Mistakes are not mistakes. 
It's radio content. It's not a mistake. It's radio content. No, no doubt, dude. No <laughs> doubt. Rob Long is with us. You're going to see him this afternoon. He's handling all the uh, the the pregame festivities for opening day, which I still can't believe I'm saying those words. I cannot believe. Uh, but I'm, I'm genuinely happy for you, brother. I'm going to tell you what I can't believe. I can't believe they at, called me and asked me if I wanted to do it. That, <laughs> right, instead of just saying, hey, it's, right. like there was a chance you were going to say no. <laughs> if I wanted to do it, and, you know, if, if not, you know, we'll ask. So I'm like, whoa, 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 pump your brakes. Right. What? Right. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, like Lil John. Right. what? You know what I mean? It's like they offered you the Carolina job, and you're just like, eh, let me, I'm going to have to talk about my family. We, re- we really like about right like it here. Not sure if I really want to take it. Like, yeah, are you kidding me? Do I want the job? Yeah, I think I'll say yes to this one. They're like, actually, we're going to pay you. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got a couple things for you. Um, I, there are still people, and I'm terrified that you're going to tell me you're one of them. There are still people that have a problem with the extra inning rule. I can't believe that. I, can't. I love it. It's unbelievable. I love it, man. God. It's, it, it's action. It's, oh. action. it's instant action. Oh. Dude, you got to go be ready. Are they going to butt? Uh, it's instant action. What are you talking about? You can put the go-ahead run. On third with one out. Now what do you do? How good is your bullpen? Yep. How good is your bullpen? And this is why you got to have guys that can miss bats in the bullpen now. How good? How good is the arm of the dude in right field that's got to throw somebody out at the plate? You know, like exactly. it's, it's it's the way that I've explained it, Rob. Is like people say this isn't baseball, and and for guys like you and I, this is baseball. The other part, the nine innings, has changed too much. It's been the you know strikeouts and home runs and nothing else. Hey. This exactly. is the baseball part that we love. This it puts action back into it. It puts you on the edge of your seat. I mean, give me a break. You know what people forget about sports? It's entertainment. Right. Right. It's entertainment. There is. It's it's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be thrilling, exciting. On the edge of your seat. What happens next? Well, all of those. You put a runner on second base with no outs, and all of those things go through your mind. Tell me. That before the first pitch of the inning, you're not thinking, okay, are they going to bunt? You got a power hitter, you got a number three hitter up, do you really let him bunt? No doubt. You know, no like, doubt. All of those dude. things go through your mind, man. And, and, and I'm, I'm with you, Glenn. I loved it from the very beginning, and I'm glad they kept it because, I mean, last night's game could have gone 14 innings, for goodness sakes. It went 11, two extra innings, and we go home. I love it. Bro, I, I, like, I can't go pee. When games go to extra innings, like I literally, yeah. like I have, to, I have to pee, but I can't because I'm, I enjoy the product too much. I can't get up and walk away from it, man. It's yeah. that good. It's, it's an unbelievable thing that they ran into where the pandemic was. Oh, they want to force something. I can't, I can't fathom them ever going back from this. It's. So Glenn, good. those people who don't like it are the same people who don't want to know what a spin rate is on a baseball. Maybe. Why do you not want yeah, to know that? Yeah, that's a fair point. You might be right about <laughs> that, right? You? Right. It's just it's just different, so I don't want to like it, right? Like it's it's, exactly. it's anything that's different is bad. Anything at all I that's different. I absolutely want to know what a guy's spin rate is. You know why? Because if it changes from the first to the fifth dramatically, mm. I gotta go to my bullpen. It's a great point. It's a great that point. Ball is flat. It's a great point, man. No doubt. Yeah. And, and I do look. There are always gonna be people that hate change. And look, I'm not someone who likes change just for the sake of change. You know, let's make that clear. I'm not just 
just change everything for the sake of changing it, but acknowledging, actually watching it, seeing how good it is, and saying, I, and I'll tell you, Rob, I was wrong, because I was a guy that thought, when I heard about it the first time, I this is stupid, this is just them doing something for the sake of doing it. But then you just watched it, and you were like, oh, no, oh, God, I could not have been more wrong about this. It's, yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. I don't know, are, are, you, are you an Elam ending guy in basketball, by the way? Like, are, are you in favor of the Elam ending coming to the other, other ends? Of, you know, we see it in the All-Star game. Um, yeah. But are you favoring in other levels of basketball as a coach? Would you be good with that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, I, I am. I am. I'm going to tell you another thing that may change. I was on a, a rules call, committee call with baseball. In the minors, they're not eliminating the shift per se, but they're going to have it to where no infielder can have his feet in the outfield grass before the pitch. Is that is that actually happening? That's something that's actually coming. It's going to happen on a minor league level. Yes. Wow. Wow. You cannot I... have. So think about this, Glenn. You shift everyone over to the second base side of the infield because the right hand hitters out, but you put them all in the dirt. That's a disadvantage. You need that guy in short right field. Right. Miss. In order to balance things out. Boy, so, that's interesting. So they're not eliminating the shift. Air quotes. But they're saying, well, we won't. You can shift, but what you can't do is put an infielder in the outfield. If you take that away, you take a lot of shifts away. They're basically, they're basically eliminating. Yeah, the essentially shift eliminating the I mean, shift, like, right? Yeah. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, it's not. You, know, you see teams yeah. putting four outfielders. There are out there, there are other guys, yeah, like, and there are other ways you can shift, right? But like that essentially eliminates. And and by the way, Chris Davis is probably screaming and saying, "Where was this four years ago?" But what about? What about, like, you still have second basemen play some guys deep and not on the infield dirt? Like, are they now not allowed No infielder. To... No, you're saying no infielder is allowed to have their foot. The, 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 way, the way it was explained to us on the call was that you cannot, you cannot have your feet on the infield uh, or the outfield grass prior to the pitch. Boy, that's fascinating. So now let's say you back it up to the edge. Yeah. And the pitch is already delivered. And you can the ball start. is you can go to the outfield grass to field it, but you can't station yourself there. And you can't you can't take away those ripped line drives to right field in that scenario, right? right? Like right. think about all the left handed hitters got thrown out from short right field because yep. the second baseman was playing there. Boy, you know what I mean? So that that is gonna eliminate there's a couple of other rules coming down the pipe as well, but uh, that's one of them. The uh, you all know the bag's gonna be a little wider now. Right. Oh, uh, the base is going to be low. That's one of the other things, too. But that, to me, was the – they're going to start this at the minor league level, which to me is 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 huge, man. You want to put offense back in baseball and, and stop guys from striking out as much? Well, make make singles sexy again. And the way you can do that is actually stop stealing singles from these guys by throwing them out from right field. We were talking about this with Buck recently. Like, how do, how do we how do we end all home runs and strikeouts, right? Like, how do yeah. we how do we do something? And this might be a way to force it, right? To try to force yeah, baseball back. You got guys saying, "Well, you know, if I hit it." A base hit, I'm going to throw it off. So let me just try to hit it over the fence when they can't field it. That's fascinating, dude. Hey, uh, your name came up yesterday. I was talking to Terry Nolan, um, and and I, I told him that you had told me what a quality human being Terry Nolan is. He's coming back to play for Towson. You excited about now, that? Yes, I am. Uh, just, it's funny. I just talked to Pat Scary uh, two days ago. I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know, as soon as they announced it, let us back in the arena, I'm buying season tickets. Yeah. I bought a four-pack. But being there, Terry Nolan is a guy. Let me explain to you about Terry Nolan. My son, as you know, Glenn, is artistic. Yep. He's about to make me tear up now. 
uh, Terry Nolan was in Robbie's classes at Mount Carmel and basically took Robbie under his wing and and made Robbie popular amongst the student body. He, he, he basically um, took the things that made Robbie quirky in public school and made made it made it trendy at Mount Carmel mm. to where you know uh, uh, the, the little things he said and the, and and some of the mannerisms that he had that he used to be made fun of in public school. Terry made those things popular at Mount Carmel, and they built a cocoon for him. Josh Kandow, another kid, was a defensive end at Florida yeah. State who went to Mount Carmel his he's first. In, two he's years. in the draft this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was in that group too. These are two of Robbie's best friends. Uh, at Mount Carmel, and, and Terry had lots of chances to leave uh, Mount Carmel to go to bigger schools, and he said, "No, I mean, I want to do what I do here. I want to put Mount Car- make Mount Carmel great." Um, his, his parents were wonderful. I'm good friends with his dad. Became good friends without kids both being there at Mount Carmel. But you're talking about a quality young man that you know he's the he's the young man that if he showed up at your doorstep asking for your daughter. You're good to go. It's awesome because he's a hard worker, um, um, and and he's a very smart guy. He graduated. He graduated. He's coming in there as a graduate transfer. Yep. Um, you know, he's just I, I, he checks all the boxes, and I can't talk enough. I can't say enough good things about that young man. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. Yeah. All right, at Rob Long Sports on Twitter is how you follow him. I, I'm genuinely happy for you, my friend. I it's I, this I know is, you all, man. Thank this you. is so cool, dude. I, I can't wait to see you doing this today, man. Uh, continue to kill it, brother. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes on a busy day. Thank you, Glenn. Have a good one, man. Keep killing it yourself. Rob Long, 105.7 The Fan, and of course, Masson. Today, he is the on-field MC for opening day, and you can just hear in his voice. Like, you can hear what that means to him as a dude who has loved the Orioles forever. Um, that is that is just – that's awesome stuff. That is really, really cool, and I know how much it touches him. And Like, I, I'll tell you, that's not something that, like, that I – Maybe I did. Maybe when I was a kid, I was like, I could be that guy. I could be doing that, right? I did, as a kid, think a lot about play-by-play. That was something that I thought a lot about. And as a kid, I, you know, once I once sports radio became a thing, mm-hmm. I thought about that too. But the, the, this one uniquely wasn't one that I had thought about, right? But I get why it would be the type of thing that would particularly – only one guy gets to do this. Mm-hmm. There's only one opening day every year. This isn't – you know, no. I mean, I think everybody who's been doing play-by-play, you know, you get to do play-by-play for the Orioles. You grew up around here. It's going to be, you know, I know Brett, for example, is someone who grew up around here, and it it means something special to him. Not to say it doesn't mean something sure. special to Kevin Brown, but it's not the same. If you didn't grow up here, it can't mean quite the same thing as it does to the people that did and grew up loving the Orioles and listening to John Miller and listening to Chuck Thompson and listening to you know, Joe Angel, Fred Manfra. Um, but that's, you know, you can feel it. You can feel what it means to Rob. I'm happy for him. That's that's a very cool thing that he's going to get to do today. Speaking of uh, play-by-play, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to our buddy Jeff Arnold. If you guys weren't listening last night, in like the eighth inning of last night's game, somewhere around there, they lost, the, you know, they're not doing the games on location mm-hmm. on the road this season. They're doing them from the ballpark, from Camden Yards, watching the games on a monitor, which is difficult enough to do. 
it's not quite as difficult as like when I had to do DC United from a studio because it's soccer and you're by yourself and all of that fair, sort of though, stuff. You know, the standard is higher for you. Correct. And everybody expects so right. much from a guy like me. But it's still difficult to do any game away from the ballpark. That's still a very difficult thing. And a lot of people have complained that maybe sometimes the calls don't feel as big. Like I had a couple of people mention that to me about Scott Garceau's call at the end of the game last night. Maybe, but I am inclined to tell you that that's what happens when you're not there. When you're not there, it's not as easy to feel the moment. Also, your visual might not be the same. You might not know exactly where that runner is on third base based on what it is that you're looking at on a monitor. So I think that has something to do with it. So that's already difficult. Last night in about the eighth inning, they had their monitors go out. Not ideal. They had the internet go out at the ballpark. Not ideal. They had nothing showing them the game. Now, a lot of broadcasters, professionals, guys that have been doing this for a long time, would panic, would would say, I think we might want to think about taking a break here, you know, like would, would kind of lose it, would melt down a bit in that situation. Jeff Arnold calmly explained what was happening, and then pretty clear, he pulled out his phone, pulled up the game day app, mm-hmm. and started calling a game as best he could with what was being described on I think we've all looked at the game sure. day app before like it shows you a pitch it shows you whether it's a ball or strike you're not watching the game but you at least have some sense of what it is and calmly continued to broadcast a game without being able to actually see the game until the monitors came back it was unbelievable it was Truly compelling, an outstanding job done um, in a very difficult situation. Kudos to Jeff Arnold for pulling that off in a tough spot. That is not easy. All right, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. And whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, We've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, I want to get to some of your responses related to those that are still, for whatever reason, lingering as as being anti-extra inning. I am blown away that people like this still exist. You're watching it. It's phenomenal. But we'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 
888-888-7797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. At Glory Days Grill, they have great food and good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports-themed family restaurant with 39 restaurants up and down the East Coast. Watch all of the games on a ton of TVs, and each table has its own wireless speaker so you can tune in to whatever game it is you're watching. Find out more about what's happening at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Hey. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, let me do a finish this. I've been sitting on this one for a couple of days. Is that a fun or? No, this is a cheeky, silly finish okay. this that we're going to do. Uh, brought to us by UPI, which we remember better than a UTI. That's, uh, that's back from the old days. Yeah, that segment died. <laughs> that's a real shame. I enjoyed that one. Um, blanks in Australia. Blank, blank. That was blank uh, stuck. I'll just give you stuck. In blank, blank. All right. Um, let's go with murderers. Okay. In Australia, free koala. As you know, very cheeky. Yeah. Very free, cheeky look, to start with murderers. They you were. Know that. They did their time. Uh, free koala. That was stuck in a eucalyptus tree. They just happened to be murderers. I just 
free koala. I understand that, that we don't want to have our lowest moments represent yeah, us. Yeah, I understand that, nice, but, but like, still, just doesn't it. seem they like did it. Glenn. It's just not doesn't like, seem like it'd be the type of cheeky story that I would leave. Oh, I'm so sorry that they once. But okay, fine. All right, fine. Free, by the way, is is in the neighborhood. Okay. Um, dancers in okay. Australia release okay. release kangaroo that was stuck in alternate dimension. All right, it's rescue, so I'll just give that to you. Rescue. And the other stuff? No, not any of those. None of them. Which dimension are we in now? No. There's actually some interesting news out there. No, no, it's not. It's not actually interesting. There's it's physicists are reeling uh-huh. about the essentially the realization mm-hmm. or discovery that there are act like active forces ah. in the universe okay. that literally are mm-hmm. that they do not understand. This okay. is a study of muons. It's yep. a type of electron that sure. is like twenty times heavier than normal electrons. Sure is. But they're like unstable, so they like yep. die. And so they respond very differently okay. in this sort of environment, the, the, the particle collider that they fire at these things to see how they would react in different scenarios. Uh-huh. And they respond inexplicably. Like they are okay. so different to what it's supposed to be doing. Let's that get back to They're literally starting yeah. to think that there might be yep. entirely sure. unseen, unknown you gonna, things affecting everything. Do you do mushrooms before no. you do this? No, or? Just read the okay, all right. Let's get back That's to That's not this interesting one. to you? No. What do you mean? No. No. It's not. Okay. It's not interesting to me. Okay. Well, somebody enjoyed that. Okay. Um, aardvarks in Australia rescue anteaters that was stuck, or anteater, I should say, that was stuck in uh, deep slumber. Okay. I'm just going to give you responders because it's essentially the same thing. And it's, it's as not, aardvarks? Well, no, not as aardvarks, but essentially it, it lines up with rescue. So I'm just going to responders in Australia. I was having a good time with that first one. So, yeah, keep going. <sighs> okay. Responders in Australia rescue. Mm, rescue sandwich. Mm. Yes. Mm. That was stuck in yes. a glass case. Mm. Did anybody mm. consider that sandwich? Uh, now, was it a glass case of emotion, mm-hmm. though? Not sandwich. In a glass case of emotion. Indeed. No. None of it? None of it. Responders in Australia rescue physicist mm-hmm. that was stuck in alternate dimension. You keep going back to that. It's really easy. It's not a thing. It rolls off the it's tongue. It's not a thing. I'm going to give you backyard is the uh, second to last word. Backyard. Okay. The, the other two are the, they're the money words here. The other two is in, okay, I got you. Yes. Responders in Australia rescue. We're going to go with the two, two, two for here. Okay. Pablo Sanchez. Ah, who was right, that's stuck not in backyard baseball, and we should free him because, frankly, <laughs> he's too good of a player to be stuck in backyard baseball. I understand. Yes. No, that's not. It's not that. Just a one-worder. Okay. Responders in Australia rescue Toblerone. Okay. That was stuck in backyard fricassee. No, if you had stuck with that, you might have been able to come up with the. If you had really thought through the Toblerone one. Yeah, you might have been able to come up with the other word. Vending machine. No. That's two words. What scenario might someone use a Toblerone, say, to play a joke? 
seen a lot of movies. Like a like a what scenario might someone use a Toblerone to <laughs> maybe do make a joke? This feels like a, this feels like you're asking in a way that I should know. I I would, but I've never played with a Toblerone in my life. Well, you can't think of any scenario. They're they're shaped in a phallic sense. Is that at all related? <sighs> is that at all tied it's in? Not the phallic part of it. Nope. What is it? It's not that. Is it the the triangular nature? It's more like what a what a candy bar could also look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have gone for uh, Baby Ruth is what I feel like was often, that was what it was in uh, in Caddyshack, right? Mm, I, I, it might have been a Toblerone. That's it why wasn't I, a Toblerone. It wasn't a Toblerone? No. I think it was Baby Ruth. It might have been a Baby Ruth. I'm not sure what it was. Because the peanuts. But before going down that. Apparently it was indeed a Baby Ruth. Good, remem- good memory. Thank good you. memory. I don't know if you heard. I just recited an article about muons, so but I clearly have something yeah, working. Something up there. like that. So uh, responders so, in Australia rescue Toblerone that was stuck in backyard toilet. How how did we just do all that and you still got this part wrong? Hmm? How did we just do all of that and you still got the 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 final part of Pool. this wrong? Yes, stuck. Jesus. It wasn't stuck. But it wasn't a Toblerone either. But it was. It wasn't. But it, it wasn't a candy bar of any sort. I was just trying to give you the last oh, word of this. Oh, so Jesus. It was poop. It was not poop. <laughs> what was it? <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not sure about your segment. Uh, emergency <laughs> responders in Australia were called to a rural home where a cow had fallen into a backyard pool and appeared unable to climb back out. The New South Wales State Emergency Service well, said responders were summoned to Gilgandra in the Orana region Who on Saturday evening to rescue a six. I know if you'd known it was in Gilgandra, Gilgandra right? A 660-pound cow stuck in the pool. We suspect something startled her, and she ran through a panel straight into the water. I've Jeff Keen, the SES commander for the Gilgandra unit, told Nine News. When we arrived, the cow was quite happy and very content in the pool. I could see Just that. hanging out. She was just in the shallow end. Keene said the rescuers attempted to get the cow to help them with the rescue. <laughs> what, is that? what does that even mean? You try to get the cow to help. Like, I hey, guess, cow. Like, I suppose sort of like you're not going to get that cow out of there without it walking up the stairs, you know? Well, I mean, there are can't other ways to get a cow out of the pool. upstairs that can't go downstairs, right? Well, how that was the thing? She must have gone. Well, it fell in the pool. That's didn't what we say learned, that. right? It, didn't it say ran she into fell it. Into it the ran pool. through a fence. I did say she'd fall into the pool. You're right. Once again, memory. doesn't really say. Doesn't really say. Uh, be- uh, because the cow was quite relaxed and appeared very good natured. <laughs> is that something you can know about a cow? Yeah, that it's so. good natured. Yeah, really? It's in, the eyes. it's in the eyes. Because the cow was quite relaxed and appeared very good natured, we thought we could coax her to walk up the steps of the pool. Home, Bessie. <laughs> we didn't want to distress her because it's much easier working with a Get cow that's cooperative. Everybody knows that, by the way. It's much easier to work with a cooperative cow. Uh, than one that's not being cooperative. How many scenarios has this responder unit had? This is Australia. Involving <laughs> this is like a good day for them. Maybe normally they're poisonous or Keen deadly said, animals. In well, the that's true. They're going to kill you. Keen said rescuers had three failed rescue attempts before they were finally able to get the cow to climb the stairs. We were very happy with how the See? rescue went, and we're lucky we didn't have to use a crane. It exactly, was a very That's unusual. Exactly event. the situation I provide. Never, I've never had a cow in a pool before. Yeah, I would imagine. I nailed I imagine it. I nailed the, the analysis of how they were trying to extricate. Did you? Cow. Did you though? I really did. Did you? I truly did. 
tid, uh, uh, finish this today. Brought to you by Window Nation, where they've got a great offer for you right now. Act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. All right, wanted to hear from you guys today if anybody was still holding out and those people apparently unwilling to admit it. Uh, Ivan does say, I'd like to see the 10th and maybe the 11th inning be regular baseball. From there on, put a runner on second and let's go. This would resemble hockey in that there is an overtime period followed by a shootout. My only issue with that, Ivan, is you trying to claim that the regular baseball is the stuff we see in the other innings. It's really two things running together here for me. It's it's yes, it's forced action, right? Like you are, it is something different, and that's where the comparison to a a shootout. It, it it's a little more like college overtime, where it's, it's like, much yeah. closer to comparing it to college yeah. overtime. It's far closer to comparing it to college football overtime, where you're essentially putting the ball in scoring position to start overtime than it is the shootout, which isn't hockey at all. There's nothing hockey related. I guess related. It's not. You're not playing hockey mm-hmm. when you do a shootout. You're still playing baseball in extra innings. You're still playing football in college when you get to overtime. It's just not not exactly the same. It's it's forced action mm-hmm. football, and this is forced action baseball. So I think that alone, as I peel back the layers of what you're saying, um, alone creates the difference, right? If you were going to a home run hitting contest, I'd probably tend to agree with you. Play baseball a little bit longer before you go to the home run hitting contest. That's not what you're doing. What you're doing is still playing baseball. And it also is running into a bigger problem that has existed in the sport, which we've been talking about for a few weeks, that the game has gone away from being what we knew of the game and has turned into an all home run strikeout thing couple of people have brought that up uh dave said i'm all in those 18 inning games where everybody's just trying to hit a home run are unbearable and unwatchable everybody's trying to hit a home run in the first nine innings too and, and by the way i did have fun that one time which one where oh yeah, where just, one. right where it just went yeah, on and chris davis pitched yes and, and people have brought up the the one memory that they might have of a million extra inning games where they got some thrilling thing. There's two, by the way. It's that and the Seattle thing. And the Seattle thing was only all that. The baseball was not memorable in any way. It's just that we were all up until 5 in the morning watching baseball, so we think it to be memorable. Um, it was a memorable experience for everybody that was staying up late tweeting together. The baseball itself, you couldn't remember anything about the baseball that and was the Red being Sox played. One I remember. The Red Sox You only really remember the Red Sox one because Chris Davis pitched. No, Jay Payton pitched also. Thank you. You only really remember that one because position players pitched. That's Jones it. Homered off of Jay Payton. Thank. Anything else? JJ Hardy made some nice plays. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hell of a relay. It's, it's dynamite. Just dynamite observations. Um, it's it's you're making actual baseball occur. So that's the only thing I'm going to push back on is using the term regular baseball. Like the the baseball you're getting in the extra innings is far closer to me to regular baseball than the baseball that you get in the rest of the game. So there's there's a couple of things that are working together here. One, it's forced action, even in a world in which... In a, in a world. You want me to do it? Sure, by all means. In a world 
You, you were supposed to keep going. In a world where baseball action must be forced, I'll get, I'll, I'll like, I'll, it wasn't quite. One man mm-hmm. refuses to wear pants. Now that one, I don't think, had anything to do with Glenn the scenario. Clark that, well, that's how that. From prison I'm early so confused as to how these things are despite related. Despite being given pants, he refused to wear them. Well, Later that week, is it, is he it found a, himself is back it in prison. Is it a law? Is it a law? Show me where it's a law. On behalf of all naked Americans, where are we allowed to be naked anymore? That's Coming what I want to know. 2022. Where are we allowed to be naked? You can't be naked in the house. You can't be naked in your own yard. It's my yard. I own it. Why can I not be naked? Not me specifically. I'm just saying speaking on behalf of naked Americans. Will he regret a group I've chosen to represent? Himself. No. <laughs> Not allowed. We're on Zoom now. I'm allowed to be naked in court. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, from from Michael, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would, but I do not like that your pitcher can come in and get a ground out, fly out, and strike out, but your team still loses. But I don't, Michael. I I don't know how to tell you this. If another pitcher gives up a double to start the inning, and then you bring in a pitcher, he could give up a ground out. But they deserve it at that point. Hang on a second. Ground out, fly out, strike out, but your team still loses. No, Michael. Actually, that can't happen. Well, it could. That can't happen. If you ground out to right. the right side of the infield, right. the runner at second moves over to third, mm-hmm. and you fly out, yes. sacrifice fly, then and the he game, scores. Then the game's over. Well, you wouldn't get a strike. If you're at the top of the inning, it's not over. Well, then you, your team still gets a chance to change the result of whether your team loses. They don't lose. I think he's just saying in general, that's what you, the results were. You got three outs, and then you lost kind of thing. Well, that's on your you, – you get the same opportunity in the bottom of the inning just trying to, help to ground out, fly out, and, t- and strike out and tie. Because yeah, I'm the guy that got arrested for not wearing pants. Again, there's nothing illegal about specifically not wearing pants. You're referring to maybe not wearing underwear as well. Of course, I never wear underwear, so it's a different story. Um, yeah, that's not the the way that you're describing it is not. You need to do a better job in what you're trying to describe. If you're saying that you don't like the fact that a pitcher can come in and ground out, fly out, strike out, and give up a run, sure. But that's the same thing that would happen if another pitcher started the inning and allowed a double. And then you brought in a relief they pitcher. Deserve it at that point. And he got a gra- Why does the next pitcher deserve that? Because they made the mistake. They should have put him in the first place. Okay, but that, that's not the first. The, the second coach pitcher's has to fault. Eat that steak. The manager know? is what they call them in baseball, oh, Kyle. Yeah, this is not. We're not not doing this in seventh grade. Okay. We're doing this in the major leagues. So they call them managers. Do we know why that is the case? Don't know. Never. I could not tell you. Seems a little cheeky. I don't disagree with that. Um. So, so that no, no. That's you know, that's not a thing. And again, the other team gets the same opportunity to do the exact same thing. It's not unfair to anybody. It's the way the game works. So I that that, that doesn't bother me in any way. Nick Kelly, that rule resulted in me staying up and watching extra innings. Without that rule, I'm not so sure I would have stuck around. With it, it gives the game a sense of urgency and the feeling that it could end quickly. I'm all in. That's the, I, I can't imagine anybody watching and not feeling that last night. How could you watch that game? Which, let's be honest, was mostly really boring for nine innings. A good deal of strikeouts. It was not a particularly compelling game. You like to see John Means John, pitch well. I, I, God bless the fact the Orioles have a pitcher, right? Like, God bless that. 
And Cedric Mullins, you know, it's cool to see him do some things. Like I'm not I'm not knocking that, but it was largely for nine innings. Not it was nothing about that was a thriller. If if you know, the, the Orioles, Orioles were winning in New York and that's fun, you know, like winning a game after you lost twelve straight in one place is always good, but it wasn't thrilling. There was nothing particularly exciting about the baseball game. But the moment that extra innings came along, you had to be in front of your TV. You had to be zoomed in, yeah, dialed in. You could not check out once you got to extra innings. I can't imagine anyone actually watching that baseball game last night and not understanding that this is the shining example of why it's the correct thing what baseball is doing. Because the nine innings were largely a snooze fest. Largely. I'm not saying entirely, but largely a snooze fest. And then the rest of it was thrilling. That's what you're going for. I watched uh, Home Economics. I did one. not get to watch that yet. I liked did it. not get to watch that. I'll take a look at it. Like I did it. watch the uh, the Moody's. Yeah. I'd still like it. I still I like it. It's not as slapstick. It, it was a weird like Christmas special they did a, a, like two I years ago. I remember Christmas with the Moody's or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I like Jay Barra's show. I like I love Dennis Leary. I, you know, I, Dennis Leary's a guy that I can take or leave it, you know. What's not that I like about Dennis Leary? He was, that was Beck, right? Wasn't that the show that he was in when I was younger? Beck? Was that what it was called? I don't remember. It was called Beck. Beck. I don't remember that one. I think it was. Um, And then he was in Rescue Me, right? Well, yeah, that one didn't do as much for me. I don't know. He just never was in anything that I watched, really. His comedy is, is, like, just his specials are outstanding. Like, Dennis Leary is truly hilarious. Um, I'm trying to remember. Becker. Is that what it was? Becker might have. That was Ted Danson, wasn't it? No. Wasn't Ted Danson Becker? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he was. Becker. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Becker. He wasn't really on another show for like a long time. Yeah, that was Ted Danson. Yeah, Becker was definitely Ted Danson. I know he that. He was in something that I'm thinking of. Maybe. I'm just not sure what it is. But his comedy is... Did you like the... Whatever the Moody's, Moody's thing. yeah, I like the Moody's. It it's fine. not, it's not slapstick. I actually got high hopes for uh, home economics. All right, I'll take a look at it. Um, John from Little Rock, MLB suffers from old white guy and old white guy beat reporter syndrome. The most closed-minded people on earth are the beat writers against the extra inning thing. I have, I remember seeing um, what's her name? The one lady. Okay. Figure out her name. Yeah, it might be a good way to go about doing this. So we're writing have a conversation. About why, and her argument was, if it's not, if it's not good enough for the first nine innings, then I don't want it. And that sort of didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I'll find it specifically. What is her name? That's she's a pr- this is a prominent beat writer. She's not a beat writer. She's a, a baseball writer. A for baseball writer Yahoo. for Yahoo. Yeah. A baseball writer for Yahoo. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure you'll tell me. Andrew Steck, uh, the extra innings thing is here to stay, and we can all just be grateful that the pandemic brought us closer to our families and this new rule. I don't. I think that he's being honest about that. I don't think that he's being. He's saying that ironically. Hannah Kaiser was who it was. I don't know Hannah. I mean, I'm I'm familiar yeah. with her, but I don't know if she's ever been like a beat writer as much as a. I'm not sure she has either. Like um, a blogger type right. that, that writes columns too. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what her roles have been. Um. Yeah, I I don't know if the beat writers are opposed to it or not. Um, look, I credit baseball. You know, a, a ga- there is a, a curmudgeon factor and an old white guy factor. John, you're definitely right about that about baseball as a whole. And yet, 
the sport did something innovative. What Rob was talking about with the shift, and I, I did not know that was coming to minor league baseball. I got to figure out what the story is there, when it's coming, if it's coming now, or if it's coming down the pipe. Um, again, my initial reaction is I don't know that I love that. I have not been as inclined. We've talked about banning the shift to say, yeah, it's got to go. Like My thought has been a, a next generation of baseball players should have been able to adjust to what it is that they were doing, and it's still kind of shameful to me that that guys aren't willing to take what's given to them in certain situations and, and instead just falling into home runs or nothing. But I'm intrigued. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not intrigued because I acknowledge there's a problem. Baseball, to me, and maybe not to everybody, right? It might be that the younger generation would say, we love that the game is nothing but home runs. It's all we want to see. I don't think baseball's killing it with the demographics younger, so I don't think that's a strong enough argument that I'm wrong. But the sport isn't as good because it's all strikeouts and home runs. And so if your response is, look, we tried other things, we tried to organically change the game and and get people to adjust to shifts, and it's just not happening, and we need to make the game better, and... We're not just trying to be a buzzkill when it comes to the shift. We're just trying to make the game, the product, better for the people that are spending their dollars on entertainment. I'll listen now. I was not. I was never inclined to want to ban the shift just for the sake of banning it. My my argument was always, you got to be better. You know, as hitters, you gotta you gotta learn what to do in those situations. I right? still don't You're getting know paid a lot will, of money. I don't see it producing the desired results either, though. Frankly, so you, as far as changing hitters' approach, we've seen them willfully pass up free bases. Yeah, but this isn't about free bases anymore. This is like, like Joey Gallo was still hitting a lot of hard line drives to well, right Chris field. Davis Chris Davis, one thousand percent. I can't think of how many times I saw him yes. hit line drives to a second baseman standing in shallow right field. Correct, one hundred percent. It's I happened understand. regularly. So I don't know it's a, that it's necessarily about changing the approach as much as it's about getting something else back into the game. Yes, you're still going to have lots of guys that are just going to be swinging for the fences, but sometimes when you try to swing really hard at a ball as a... You I get know, it, you're just having more people on base, essentially. Kind of, yes. Balls that would have otherwise been caught are now going to fall, but I still think... It's kind of forced action. I don't know. I hear you. I understand both sides of the argument in the sense where you're, you are making a rule to avoid addressing the real problem ultimately, kind of. So apparently it's a double A. Brian Powell just sent this to me. It's a double A. The experimental rule at the double A level for 2021 is a limit on defensive shifts. The rule says that the defensive team, quote, the defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield. So this would get rid of any four outfielder Mm -hmm. situations. Each of whom... Unless the catcher is going to decide. Right, they just don't have a catcher anymore. Fascinating. (laughs) Each of whom must have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the infield dirt. According to Major League Baseball... So they can't have even, like, their feet on the grass at all? No, not even, like, the back. Their feet must be completely in the dirt. I mean, there are instances where you do play deep at short and second. It's rare when it's not in a shift. It's not like it's never happened, but it's still rare and it's unrelated to a shift that you just play that far back. Also, how would this work in Toronto exactly? They don't have dirt. dirt. I don't know. How would that work? 
Mm. Guess what? They'd be forced to install a synthetic dirt or line. for the season. Like, probably just add lines. They put a line there. That might be that might be what they do. According to Major League Baseball, this restriction on this is from CBSSports.com. This restriction on defensive positioning is intended to increase the batting average on balls in play. We were just talking about that. Uh, depending on the results of the experimental rule change, MLB may decide to then require two infielders to be positioned entirely on Either each side, of the, side of the second base in the second half of double-A season. So they're not going to do that. They're just going to do the first thing to start double-A season. You're hard-pressed to, I don't know, you're still going to save some hits with three guys on the right side of the infield, right? Like, if they're all in the dirt, and like there's going to be some grounders that are not going to get through that otherwise would have. Yep. But it's not, but It's the clearly not the same. so much right. bigger. Yeah. Correct. Um, defensive shifts have been around for a very long time, but blah, 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 blah. So that's that's what they're doing, and they're doing it this season at Double A, where you have to have all four infielders in the dirt. They're doing the larger bases thing in Triple A, and in Single A, the rules. And that's just to avoid injury, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. The collisions at right. bases—that's exactly what they're still doing. Still, sort of like a, if you oh, play the bag correctly, you shouldn't be in the way, but like, and it might it might still happen anyway. At uh, the high A level, the pitchers will be required to disengage the rubber prior to throwing to any base with the penalty of a balk in the event the pitcher fails to comply. I was That was a word salad that I didn't retain any Disengage of. the rubber prior to throwing to any base. It essentially means that you can't you like... step off. Yeah. Well, isn't that always the case? Well, isn't, um, oh, so they're saying you can't... If there you can't are, be like a quick toss over to... Or you can't fake to third, back to first... If you step off, I guess you can. But, like, you can't – you'd still be able – if you're a lefty, that's not saying that you have to take your foot off the rubber to throw the first. That wouldn't make any sense. You know? Like, that wouldn't be – that's not how that works. You know? Uh, they're trying to make stolen bases easier, essentially, is what they're trying to do. They're, so they're trying to make it more difficult. Lefty, is, is this what I'm understanding? That if a lefty is looking at the runner at first and they simply lift their front foot, that their advantage is now gone? Is that what they're trying well, to say? Well, the the I guess the super advantage they of might being have, a lefty, right. where you're able to just keep your leg not correct, breaking your back leg, and correct. keep it in front of you, and then and you can throw the ball first. hard enough, right? Is that what that's saying? I guess, I guess that's what's saying. I don't know. I don't know if I, at I don't the know. at the low A level, they're doing the ro the robot umps this season, uh, but they sort of experimented with that two years ago at the low A level. I remember not one of the Orioles affiliates, but somebody else, I think Hagerstown maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. Had because I remember we had their manager on to talk about it. Was it Hagerstown? Was it maybe that maybe that team in the Waldorf team, the Southern Stecker Maryland has team? confirmed that that is the case for the yeah. lefties, which I don't know if I like. I don't know. I get that it's an advantage for a lefty, but Is Stecker like, listening today? Is he not? He appears to be. Well, tell him he can call in. We'll talk to him. Um at the low A levels, players will see a variety of rule changes. All low A leagues will have a rule where pitchers will be limited to a total of two step-offs or pick-offs per plate appearance while there is at least one runner on base. MLB says they so leave So they can only room. try and pick off a guy twice? But per at bat. Right, but doesn't that, that still seem, I mean. That seems like a lot. It seems like, it seems like a really advantage to base runners. Well, but I don't, I don't. I get again. This goes back to trying to force action. This is what you're you're trying to force action. You're trying to bring stolen bases back to baseball somehow, some way. Doing things that are other than just constant home runs or strikeouts. And I, I, 
again, I don't like change for change's sake. And so three years ago, somebody would have said all these things to me, and I would have said, this is, st- what are you doing? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. But I am now willing to acknowledge it has gotten too drastic how bad the game has changed. And I am more receptive to these ideas, even if they feel forced, than I would have been three years ago. I am willing to listen, because of how much the game has changed, to the idea that maybe you do. Maybe you need to try something silly like you can only throw over one time per at-bat or something like that to try to get there to be more action, more innings. I... I I think baseball is acknowledging that problem, and I. It, it's not about to me. That's not an old white guy thing. That's recognizing that everybody wants to see things happen, and we do like home runs. Don't get me wrong. We do like home runs, but we don't just want to watch a bunch of guys swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss, and every now and then hit a home run. I I I respect it. Um. The low A West level, there will be a pitch timer enforced, placing limits between delivery of pitches. Inning breaks uh, is aimed to reduce game length. We've, we've been messing around with that. Well, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it coming to the major league level, but that's a different problem. The pace of, I'm not, I'm not losing my mind about the pace of play thing specifically the way that some people have. I get why they want to fix it, but I'm not losing my mind about it. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's it as far as the rule changes are concerned. But in general, yeah, I'm I'm good with doing things to try to force a little more action. And that's how we started this conversation is because of the extra inning deal, and it's forcing a little more action at one unique time during the course of the game. So I'm all right with that. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. If you missed Stan the Fan Charles last night, he and Gary Stein caught up with John Maroon, of course, a longtime Orioles PR guy, Cal Ripken's PR guy. You can find that chat right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. He's going a different route now. He's doing some things with the, at the college sports level. I think it's really fascinating what he's working on. So you can find that, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, as well as at pressboxonline.com. Also, if you missed it on Monday night, Stan and Ross were able to catch up with New Orioles Hall of Famer Mike Devereaux. Those conversations, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. And uh, every Monday and Wednesday, and it's going to be before baseball games. Don't know exactly what time it's going to be, but we do know moving forward, Mondays and Wednesdays before baseball games begin is when you're going to be able to check out the Stan the Fan Show. Uh, Chris asked me if I could break down the Mark Turgeon contract extension. I did. um, Thank you to my friend Patrick Stevens, who got his hands on the actual contract last night and allowed me to uh, take a look at it. Um, Nothing staggering necessarily in it. I mean, it is exactly kind of what you would have expected. It's, It's tacking on. It's, you know... Here, we'll make it look like an extension, but it's more favorable to us if we no longer want to employ you down the line. It will not cost us as much money. It would not be... So, for example, next year, it does not set up well that Maryland could fire Mark Turgeon after next season. But after that, 
it would not cost them a significant amount if they were to choose to fire Mark Turgeon. That's the only real thing that you need to know. It's a commitment, but not like a all-in type of commitment. It's essentially a let's get this done, which is what we expected it to be. Let's get this done with so that we did something. And that's that. We did something. That's the end of it, is what the Mark Turgeon contract really is. Um, Patrick tweeted out some of the details last night at Discourse on Twitter if you want to check it out there. Do we need to grab a break? Is that? Or are we trying I to get? That makes are we trying to get sense. Andrew? I've, I've invited him and all that, but he's all yet right. to appear, so right. might as well just right. no, do I'm that. Not, is there right. a second break? Correct. Yes, let's yeah. take a break. We need to take a break anyway, so let's go ahead and take it. We'll grab a break. Uh, I think Stecka might check in with us for a couple minutes. We'll see. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. For more than a hundred years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best A minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, a lengthy Q&A with Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as he candidly discussed the impact the pandemic has had on the team's rebuilding effort, Chris Davis, Adley Rutschman, and much more. Inside, find our special college lacrosse feature, introducing you to the men's and women's players at all of the area schools. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. PressBoxOnline.com slash masks. We got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. URL. 
You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right. Andrew Stecka is with us from uh, the Birdland Tonight and Utah Street Report, and and, and we, he does stuff with us sometimes, too, and so he's going to check in. Today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Hey pal, are are you good with other ways that baseball is trying to force action? Like I I I got your 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 tweet. You're you're in on that wasn't you being like goofy. You're in on the extra inning thing, right? It's... No, the extra inning thing is great, and uh, I, I I'm not sure quite yet how I feel about the shift stuff, but that that I'm a little more apprehensive about. But I mean, like you said, I, I was really apprehensive about the extra inning thing too right. when it first started and then you see it put into practice and it and it's great this, so i'm on board this is the weird thing for me is that i i am convinced that three years ago you would have told me all these other things and i would have said no what the, the f is right. this it's it's change for the sake of change but my my mind i have come around that baseball has changed too much and the game, the product isn't as good as it was. And I, and somebody would say that I'm an old man yelling at a cloud, but like, I, I can't ignore that any longer. I, I don't just want to watch guys strike out all night in, in search of a home run. I want there to be some baseball. And go to the bar for that. Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> um. And I, I'm okay with them exploring ways to try to force there to be a little bit more baseball in my baseball. Yeah, it's certainly difficult at times to watch. I mean, especially when you look at over this, I guess, the first week now of the season at the rate of strikeouts, especially specifically with the Orioles. Right. I mean, we all knew coming into the season. I was having a chat last night with some of the guys that were doing uh, Birdland tonight with and they were talking about being concerned about the number of strikeouts that, that we've seen from the Orioles in the first week of the season. And I said, look, that's to be expected. I mean, the, number one, it's the Orioles. And number two, that's the game. So when you combine those two things, that's that's always going to be the case now they compare it to they, they were they were they were bringing up well we'd like to see more home runs well it's a small sample size number one because the trade-off typically is if you're going to strike out a lot you're also going to hit a lot of home runs um you got to factor in that the weather was cold in boston and then they were facing really good pitching in new york um so like those two things it, it, all when you combine them with a small sample size you know, that's what's going to come about. Um, I think in the long run, you know, we have seen, and, and look, prominent baseball figures and pundits have talked about this now for not just the last year, but the last five years, like, let's be honest, it's been, it's become a game of walks, strikeouts and home runs, Correct. and there's less actual baseball being played. So I think some of these things are good in an effort to produce more baseball, more hit and run more, you know, runners scoring from first on a, on a double in the gap, those kinds of things. And we, we even saw some of that in New York. I mean, we saw um, some, some interesting baseball in New York over this week. Um, but still there, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, there's more that can be done. It's just a matter of picking and choosing the right things. I think the, the thing with the bases that you guys were talking about earlier, um, I do think that's something that even, even though it's mainly for a, a health and safety thing, I think making a base slightly bigger, even if it's only by a little bit, you, can help. You think, that, with, you think that alone encourages more attempts at stealing second base because you're an inch and a half closer to getting to second base? I, I weirdly think it's going to create more close plays and those kinds of things. because we, and, and I've even heard things like talking about moving the mound back a little bit. That's been discussed as well. 
Um, there's, there's all kinds of different things that they can and, and probably will implement, at least try them out in the minors over the next season. You guys were talking about some of them earlier that they're trying out this season, but I think that we're going to slowly, but surely see changes to the game that will encourage more actual base. I got a problem with moving the mound. I think, I think that that's sort of, I mean, these pitchers are sculpting pitches for that distance. You yeah, are. I don't know if I if I'm with moving the mound. I'm not sure. So if the I'm argument, with that or, yeah, the argument for moving the mound, and I this was talked about uh, by Barry Sverlugo, the Washington Post, earlier this week. Um, it, the argument for it is that you know the, the mound was set at sixty feet six inches arbitrarily back in the 1800s. Right, it was, it was just an arbitrary place that they put the mound. And when you talk about you know the difference between the human body, the 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 average American male athlete in the 1800s versus now there's a big difference there and that part of the reason that we are seeing um less baseball being played and more home runs and strikeouts being being committed during the game is because of the velocity velocity is the number one factor so if you move the mound back say six inches or a foot you're going to give batters that split second extra of I get, time. I to get that, but what they want to do. But won't the they just keep swinging for the fences and that's like that's that my issue being that I I I get what that says, but it doesn't seem to me as though that that's fixing the actual problem. It seems like you're just going to have guys continue to do what they want to do if you move the mound. We'll just I, try I'm, to hit I'm not declaring runs. I'm not declaring that it's definitely going to fix everything, but I think it's something to look at for sure. Similar to all of these other things. It's 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 something to look at and something to, you know, I don't know, just to to play around with and figure out, hey, is this something that could work? I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I you know, and I think if you combine that with a few other things, right? Like I, I think if sure. if that was the only thing that you did, it would it would almost mean worsen the situation, right? I think, I think like the velocity thing is sort of compounded by bat paths and launch angles and like you're more it's I'm not convinced that if baseball were like if we talked to Buck Showalter, he said pay the guys that are contact hitters, right? Pay right. the guys that are doing the things that aren't being done and then change right, but, the market. But I'm I don't think that those guys can't touch the velocity of, of the guys throwing today, right? You know, the old adage is you can throw as hard as you want in the major leagues. You got to have other stuff, or else they're going to square it. Correct, up. right? They're well, but the, the one linear thing that we've seen with strikeouts and home runs going up is that velocity is going up as well. There are more pitchers nowadays throwing 95, 96, 99, 100 mm-hmm. miles per hour every game. So there seems to be a little bit of a you know a correlation between the two things, um, and I think it's something they could at least explore. I think strikeouts have been progressively more allowed in baseball for the past two decades. Oh yeah, they've and, been more acceptable for sure. Right, I mean, back like, in the day, if you struck out two hundred times, not only a really, hundred times, but if you struck out fifty times in a season, sure. you were you know you were frowned upon. For so sure. the fact that there's no penalty for striking out these days, combined with like I think it's less the velocity, more the approach. Personally, um, okay. I mean, yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with that. I'm inclined to agree with that. A- A- Andrew Stick is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. It sounds like what you're saying essentially is you're on board. You're you just feel reluctant specifically about the shift thing. The shift thing, I feel like we we use as an excuse, especially folks in Baltimore, because of partially because of the Chris Davis thing. I think right. it gets in our head a little bit about. Well, if you just ban the shift, Chris Davis would be a baseball player, and I'm I, I'm just not convinced that that's the case. Well, I'm not convinced that's the um, case either. It's also not something that I would think would be a justifiable 
my my reason for wanting to do it would have nothing to do with Chris Davis in any way, right? Like if if I get to that point where I say, yeah, I'm I on thought board. he was still really good, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe four, <laughs> again, maybe four years ago, right. like that would have been a. But at this point, the Chris Davis thing is over. Like that's right. He, he, having this conversation in the context of Chris Davis is kind of silly at this point, right? Um, right. because but I think I think that people uses it as an excuse, and by people I mean Baltimore fans use it as an excuse for oh I would I would decline. I would constantly get sick of hearing that right I would get sick of no like yeah. the, the, the shift is hurt nobody it, it the weird part being it's true but I'm sick of hearing it right like when somebody and Stan with somebody would always come to me and say boy the shift has really hurt Chris Davis more than anybody else like well yeah but that's that's not on on baseball that's on Chris Davis my point now is is Andrew I'm with you and I, again every year for the last couple of years. When this came up, I would say, no, everybody's got to get better. But we've had a lot of time with this now. And Well, and to, to Kyle's point about approach, though, I mean, that to me, he's talking about wanting the approach to change. And that's what has to change with the shift and with, with defense. To me, and this is not a perfect um, comparison, but to me, this would be like the NFL doing something like they do in the arena league where you say linebackers have to stay in a certain area of the box in order to play defense until the ball is snapped. I mean, those kinds of changes are super drastic and would completely alter an NFL defense in the way that it was able to play back in the arena league. That, that's what they used to do. They used yep. to say you had to have a certain amount of players like right at the line of scrimmage or in the quote unquote box defensively. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about in terms of banning the shift. I feel like if I've got four guys on one side of the infield, I should probably try to hit the ball the other way. I, I, I um, this is I wholeheartedly agree with that, dude. I really do. I wholeheartedly agree with it, and it drives me nuts. And something I said, but we're how far into this now, and they're not. And so either, and what we're left with is, do we either just keep trying to say at some point they might, or do we acknowledge that they're not to the detriment of the game as a whole? And now we're forced to try to do something to better the game because the athletes themselves refuse to do it. Well, and to your point, part of the problem that they're not is I think also in included in the fact that part of the problem is it's really difficult. Like they can't. And that gets us back to a question about velocity and, you know, pitchers just hoofing balls at 100 miles per hour on the inside corner to where you can't take that ball the other way but because you, it's just okay. physically impossible to do so. So so your contention would be that if you move the mound back, you might see some guys stop swinging for the fences all the time. If, you're, if you're, The velocity would should technically mean there's more balls being taken the other way for what it's worth. If the well, not time, if they're on the not if, if they're on the, inside, on the corner. inside corner, of course, right? You're not taking that jeter, maybe, but you're not taking that the other way unless you're just getting jammed and it's going over the, the second baseman's head or something like that. Right. But, I think there's a lot of things at play that 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 all kind of connect with one another, and and there's there's changes that can be made, and then I just think that telling telling you know telling managers where they can set up their defense is a slippery slope to really stripping down what the game is all about. It's, you know, the I, game is about adjustment and it's about um, large sample size of things. And you say it's been going on for a while. The shift has been in play longer than I think people realize, but, then, but it's really only been prominent in the last five to six years. Well, okay. The, like maybe some of the extreme right. shifting. The extreme shifting has gotten you know, prominent right, five right. or six the years. Outfield slide but, to but, the left but, a little bit. But I'm but still like, not seeing guys coming up through college that know that this is coming that are prepared to be different types of hitters. The guys that are entering the game are are not guys that are better prepared for how to handle it. It's 
It's just guys that are coming in and doing the same thing everybody else has been doing. Okay, we'll just try to swing for a home run. Yeah, and I don't know for sure that we have enough time away. You're talking about guys coming up through college. I don't know that we have enough time away from when this really started with the extreme shifting to where the adjustments can really be proven that that they these these are guys that have come so, through so, college and through the minors okay. and gotten to the majors and, and adjusted. So then, so then, how long before you're more receptive to the idea? Like, it, it, if it's ten years and we don't see, you know, if we go five more years in baseball without seeing guys making these adjustments, I, and I and I'm just measuring, I'm combining that with the detriment to the game, and that's that's the part that I can't shake because I'm. Like, you know, uh, Brian Pound just said, I can't reward players for not being able to hit the all-fields. I'm, I'm not trying to reward these. This isn't about what this is to me. This is about saying, yes, I would prefer that guys improve as hitters, but we're not getting that. And it's it's to me, it's hurting the game in the process. Well, and the other thing that we haven't really talked about with this whole thing, too, is just the when you break it down and to get into, like, the nerd culture of baseball, when you break down percentages and look at what is – you know, the, the, the more likely outcome to happen, you want guys swinging away because the greater chance of scoring runs is by hitting the ball over the fence. You, you're going to get less of a chance of producing something with a guy like Cedric Mullins who can lay down a bun or take a ball the other way than you are with a, a guy who can hit the ball over the fence at a, at a, at a high rate. So as part of this is simple sabermetrics and, yeah. and percentages and guys that who have, who have gotten it in their heads that, and, and we may not like that because I, I, I we don't. It's 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 not it's not a, a pretty brand of baseball, and it's not that guy getting from from first to home on a on a on a double to the gap or stolen bases or hit and runs. But the numbers would say you are more likely to produce good offense by trying to hit the ball over the fence. And I think and, that that's what they're trying to stop ultimately. I mean, I think they're they're, they're trying to make the numbers less favorable. Right. I and I think you're going to have a really hard time stopping that with the way that 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 numbers and that stats and that, um, you know, saber metrics for lack of a better term have, have infused the game in the last. I'm not so sure, frankly, I think that there is something to be said for all those calculations and algorithms are spitting out information for the shift, right? Like with the understanding that all of these teams have all of the data that tells them where they're most likely to hit the ball, right? right? Like you can try and do that with three outfielders if you want but it, it's difficult, yep. and it's a risk to try and line your whole infield up on the dirt. Right? And presumably, like, if you know, they they would start saying now you can't. Like somebody might say, well, why play with a left fielder, right? Like we'll just shade our center fielder over and and essentially have sure. two right fielders in the scenario instead. Then the next move would be to say, well, you can't do that any longer, right? Like they can they continue to try to make this adjust again, not suggesting that it's the right thing to do. More trying to do what's best to make the game as good as it can possibly be and as entertaining as it can possibly be for the totality of nine innings instead of only when you force the action in extra innings. That's, that's Well, and in the, in the long run, you still have to see guys make plays. You know, we saw Gleyber Torres boot a ball, uh, was it last night or the night before? No, like, guys, my... guys still have to make the basic plays um, when, when they're put in the position to do so. And, you know, if they can't do that, None of it really matters because guys are going to get on base and things are going to happen anyhow. Um, yeah, but that's the action you're looking for, right? Like that's what. Yeah, I mean that's. that's I think not that, a problem. That's, yeah, that's I mean, sort of what it is that you're. 
the human error is part of the game. I, mean, I don't want to sit around and watch guys throw the ball away all right. day, but like forcing guys to make difficult plays, right? Well, like, you look at you look at Ryan Mountcastle the other night uh, on the you know two outs in the ninth, hustling down down the line, and and it ended up creating a couple of runs because we had Rio Ruiz hit a home run right after that. I mean, those are the kinds of baseball plays that that we do like to see, and we like to see. I'm not saying we like to see Cedric Mullins trying to attempt to bunt on, on almost every at bat, but if it's a tool in his, in his, uh, in his chest, for lack of a better term, why not use it? And why not see if you can move guys around? That's another way you can, can utilize with the bat can, can, you know, manipulate a defense is if you have those different tools, you know, on your belt and you can, you know, bring a guy from bring the third baseman in on the grass and then hit one past him. Those kinds of things have been around in the game for forever, really. All right. I mean, correct. Correct. That's true. I just I'm still I think I'm on board. I think I'm I'm more on board than I would have been. And and I'm I'm listening and I'll be fascinated by this double A level. All right. Um, uh, plug uh, Birdland tonight and, and anything else that I can plug for you, friend. Yeah, Birdland tonight. I will be on this afternoon after the game uh, with Ryan Blake. We will be recapping the game. Check it out on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Periscope, pretty much anywhere you can stream something. Uh, follow at Birdland Sports. We're doing every game. Uh, we've had a, about a 30 to 35 minute post game show after every game, different hosts rotating. Uh, we're basically interactive. You can comment with us, kind of guide the show, um, and we're just going to recap the game and talk about it and talk about what we've just seen. Um, and then I also just have a new piece up at Utah Street Report uh, this morning. Um, went a little went a little off the rails uh, talking about uh, the All Star Game and why people were kind of crazy for thinking that Oriole Park was going to get the All-Star game when it was removed from Atlanta last week. Um, people were out of their minds believing that that was a possibility because of everything going on with the Orioles in Masson. Yes, and they're not getting the an All-Star Nationals game. And yep. Major League Baseball. It is not, it's not happening, and uh, I wrote about that at Utah Street Report. That was published uh, within the last hour or so. All so right. you can go check that out Check well. it out there. Of course, at ASTEC on Twitter is how you follow them. Next time you're off, like just tell us, and we'll have you sit in for the show, okay? Yeah, I'm off pretty much every Thursday. Well, why don't so. you mention that? We'll do this every couple of weeks, all right? All right. Sounds all right, good, man. All right, pal. We'll see you. Andrew Stack to check in with us here on GCR. Um, are, did we say 1140 or 1145? Then we don't have to take a break. We'll take it afterwards. Go ahead and give them a call. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. They've got a great deal for you. Act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window, bows, bays, picture, and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months, 866-90-NATION, or visit windownation.com. Again, it's it's a broader conversation that we've been having. It's not defined by anything. I think overwhelmingly people say, you know, you're crazy if you don't like the extra inning thing, but it's a broader question about how much baseball should or how far baseball should go in trying to force baseball, actual baseball and not just all home runs and strikeouts, how far they should go in, in rules changes and implementation. And I get why not everybody is on board. I I understand. I'm telling you for years, I've been, you know, iffy about the idea of banning the shift. I've been opposed to the idea of banning the shift, but the players aren't getting better at going to the opposite field and it's hurt the game. So I think this conversation has to continue. We'll get back to it moving forward. Right now, it's time for our weekly NFL draft segment here on GCR. Joining us now, who's handling draft coverage these days at Yahoo Sports. Known him for a long time. It's a pleasure to welcome Eric Edholm back to the program. 
Eric, it's good to talk to you again, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yes, sir. Pleasure's mine. What's going on? Everything is good. So I just want to make sure. I saw the mock draft you posted last week. Is that still the most recent mock draft that you've done? Yeah, I'm not a mock draft. Well, I shouldn't say enthusiast, but I, I, I try to limit the number I do because typically what happens is I start one, and about eight minutes later, there's like a major first-round trade that upsets the uh, apple cart. So yeah, sure. I've, I've had a bad history of them, and, and they take a long time. So, yes, the one that you saw back on April 1st or 2nd, I think, is the the, the most recent. So, as you referenced, this is not a name that a lot of Ravens fans have been talking about, mostly because – we don't think he's going to be available, but it sort yeah. of fits the mold. I'll make a comparison. The name Trayvon Morgan came up a lot in relation to the Ravens for a few months, and it was confusing because you say, well, it doesn't seem to be the area, an area of need for the Ravens, but I had people trying to sell me on the idea that he might be a Derwin James type of talent, and if that type of guy is available at the end of the first round, then who gives a rat's ass what your needs are? You go get right. that guy. Um, Jeremiah Wusu Koromo, make sure I probably butchered that, from Notre Dame, same kind of concept, right? The guy might just be so good that if he were to somehow linger, need be damned, you go get that football player. Yeah, and, and you could call him Jock for short or J-O-K. That's yeah. what I think is a fair uh, way to do it if, if the pronunciation is is too cumbersome for, for many. But, yeah, I mean, I look at the Ravens and I say to myself, you know, this is a team that, that – routinely picks for value and, and does a great job of kind of letting the board come to them. Now they've, you know, selectively been aggressive in terms of, you know, targeting certain players, but you know, if it were to unfold that way, and I realize, you know, that Jeremiah Wusu Koromoro is Koromoa has been mocked, you know, in the top 15, the top 20, what have you. But if he were to fall to 27, you know, or, or similar to that range, I think he absolutely be kind of a, you know, a versatile piece that would make a lot of sense. And, I don't really view him as a true linebacker. I mean, he's 6'2", 215 pounds. He can play up in the box. He's experienced up there. But, you know, his his coverage ability in the slot, I think, is really desirable. And, you know, he may not be able to thrive the same way he did in college, but that's something that will translate, I think. And so, you know, I just – you know, if, if you're thinking need, you, you might say, look, the Ravens' safeties are good players. Yep. I don't know that they offer a ton in terms of playmaking, though, and I think that's where uh, Owusu Koromoro would, would, would fit in. I, and I, I don't think that's unfair. I mean, I, 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 could they upgrade from Chuck Clark to Sean Elliott? Of course they could. But sure. I, I think they feel good about those guys um, yep. going into the season and don't feel as though it's a need, whereas I think everybody would look at a couple other positions and, and say their needs. Let's talk about some of those, Eric, because – I think a lot of Ravens fans, and, and we'll count ourselves in, in this group, fell in love over the first few months of draft season with Rashad Bateman and Aziz Ojolari. And the problem sure. being, so did everybody else in the country. Um, <laughs> and it feels really unlikely that either one of those guys lingers to the bottom half of, or the bottom part of the first round. So, so let me play out two scenarios for you. The first being, are those guys either of those guys so good at, at true areas of need for the Ravens that it, it's worthy of having the discussion about moving up to get them because they really do stand out as far as players at that need? Or are there maybe a, another an edge rusher, another wide receiver that, that you would say, hey, this is also a good enough fit or, or you know, or pretty good or, or some valuation that you shouldn't be trading up 
to target those guys in particular, and and you would feel really good about drafting this player at 27 instead. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately the conversation you're going to have. I mean, if you have a specific player who you say, you know, even though wide receiver is a loaded class, even though there are some pretty good edge options in this year, you know, if you have one that fits the body type, the temperament, the athletic profile that the Ravens are seeking, uh, then, then in that case, I think it warrants it. I mean, you know, if, if you're strictly playing by the book and saying, we'll let whoever falls come to us, they might be in a pretty good spot, but you're – hoping against hope that one of those types of guys falls down there. Could it happen? Yeah, either one of them. I mean, with Bateman, I could see him going higher than a lot of people expect, maybe even into the teens. I could also – it wouldn't completely stun me to see him slip into the first couple of picks of the the second round. Wow. You know, with a certain scenario. You know, Ojolari, I think, is going to be a first-round pick, but he didn't exactly destroy his pro day. He's an undersized guy. He may not fit every defensive scheme. So, you know, those are kind of 50-50 propositions, I would say, for where for where Baltimore is at. And then you have the conversation of how far do we have to move up? What's the price tag? Are we jumping in front of, you know, a division rival or a conference rival or somebody that we fear is going to take our guy? And, and if so, is it worth the risk? And you know, I, I think, again, I, I believe Baltimore and that great scouting staff understands value, whether we're talking about just, you know, letting the board come to them or knowing what certain players are worth moving up for. They, they, they do it better than almost anybody. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports is with us on GCR. So, so let, me, let me pose the question another way, Eric. Do, do you think – so, you know, let's just say – um, those guys, you know, those guys are both still on the board at 27 somehow, and I get that's not that you know that's almost impossible. Sure. But let's just pretend yeah. for the sake of it. Do you think it's a certainty at that point that you're taking one of those two guys, or or do you still think there's an argument? Just you know, guys that you've watched that you say I, you know, there there might be an edge rusher, or, you know, a quitty pay, somebody like that that I I think might be an even better fit for the Baltimore Ravens if they were there. I like both. I think, you know, for the fans who've spent a lot of time researching those two players, I think their their radars are pretty, you know, finely tuned because okay. those are two players I absolutely could see fitting in with the Ravens. They fit the, you know, the, the temperament. They fit the athletic profile. I think, you know, the the one thing I would say with Ojolari is kind of a one-year producer. I know historically they've, you know, Baltimore's put a lot, in the, you know, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, carryover from the years from the, from the staff and a lot of continuity there they've put a lot of stock into sack production. So he hadn't last year, but it hasn't been a long track record. But on the flip side, edge rushers of great value don't tend to linger into round two and three. And, you know, there's exceptions, of course. But, you know, if I'm picking but just between those two to start with, I would probably take the edge rusher first and hope against hope that you can get – a similar type of player. Maybe it's a Nico Collins from Michigan or something like that. Kind of a, okay. a little bit bigger build and, and that big, you know, that, that burst off the line and all that stuff. So I'd be willing to risk that there's a, a comparable receiver available later. And I think that, you know, look back to last year, right? I mean, JK Dobbins was 
trickling into the back end of some first round mocks. I would have been I would have been utterly fine with him being the Ravens' first round pick right. a year ago, Eric. Oh, right, hundred percent. Right for them to get him at fifty seven or whatever was just you know grand theft larceny. So I mean, and, you know, um, let me bring up another name, and that's Terrace Marshall, right? Who we just yeah. had on the show the other day from LSU, and 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 seems to me to be like the closest guy to Bateman, and I, it it's felt like not everybody is as convinced that he's a first round pick at this point, and he might be someone that that could linger a bit that maybe would be sitting there, you know, in the back end of the second round. Yeah, I think mid mid to late second round wouldn't stun me. I mean, obviously the the, the measurables are enticing the 23 touchdowns in his last 19 games or whatever, you, you know, to, to be able to sort of go toe to toe with Jamar Chase and and Justin Jefferson and you know, be part of that that lethal attack and be virtually just as production productive from a touchdown standpoint as those guys is very impressive then last year you know first eight games he's kind of on an island right they had quarterback issues they had scheme issues joe brady was gone it was kind of a mess they had covid problems it was it was a little ugly at lsu for a while there and, and he still produced at a pretty high level the one kind of negative that i've heard brought up by a couple people is that you know his his concentration mm-hmm. seemed to kind of lapse a little bit as the season went on after about the first four or five games. It seemed like, I don't want to say he was checked out, but I would say, you know, it was maybe not quite as focused. There were some drops. There were some, you know, some, some routes that, that had some issues that maybe weren't on the same page with his quarterbacks. And it's tough when you, when you play three different guys of the position, including a, a freshman. But, yeah, I mean, the, the size and the skill level are alluring. The production in terms of getting into the end zone, can't really beat that. He's a vertical guy, too. You don't see receivers that big get deep that easily. So all those things are exciting. But I think there's also a little bit of a buyer beware in the sense that he might need a little bit of coaching and a little bit of prodding to get the best out of him. Who are the tight ends? Um, Knowing the Ravens like to utilize and deploy three tight end sets, who are the tight ends that you think would be? I mean, look, it's always a risky proposition. Probably not Kyle Pitts, obviously. Sure. Probably not going to be the play, although that would be a good answer. Wouldn't be bad. <laughs> but are there any guys that you could see as being helpful in their rookie seasons at the tight end position for the Ravens if they were to go that route? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's not a great year at that position. I would I would say it's, you know, some par in some in regards. After Pitts, there is a drop-off, but – you know, I could make a case for either Brevin Jordan or a kid named Tommy Tremble from Notre mm-hmm. Dame, who was was kind of the number two tight end if you sort of look at it. I mean, they had a kid, Michael Mayer, who, if you guys have me on two years from now, we'll be talking about him as the next Kyle Pitts, maybe. But uh, they used him as sort of a wing back, uh, an offset fullback. He was a great, great blocker, and he's got really underrated receiving ability. Notre Dame's passing game really was somewhat limited. I mean, Ian Book and the run game were kind of the show, and he scrambled around a lot. So it wasn't a traditional passing game. I don't think he got featured enough. I remember watching the South Florida game with him and thinking, you know, he ran this this deep out and caught a ball and t- toe-tapped on the sideline. I said, who? And then, you know, the next series is lead blocking on, on a touchdown run, and you think, okay, there's something here, right? And the more I asked around about him, the more it became clear he was going to be a a day two pick, I don't know, round two or three, but somewhere in that range. And so Brevin Jordan has been a little disappointing in terms of his athletic testing. He's a great athlete, but who hasn't backed it up with those numbers yet. Tended to play hurt a lot at Miami. 
a little undersized, kind of in that, you know, Evan Ingram mold a little bit, not as, not as fast, but that's that sort of guy, 235 pounds or whatever. But I can see both being, being on their board and being somebody that they, they look at and both are kind of, you know, versatile players who can do sort of different things. I, I like tremble more as a blocker, than I do Jordan, but Jordan has some some really intriguing receiving skills. The other the other scenario for the Ravens is you know the, we're still kind of wondering about the Orlando Brown situation, right? Like, right. You know, it, it just sort of lingers over this team right now. Will they trade him? Will they not trade him? You know, if if they trade him, do they feel like they need a tackle? Or do they think that Tyree Phillips can be their tackle? Do, yeah. they, do they feel like they need a center? Are they content with Bradley Bozeman playing center? There's just a lot that that's there. Um, specifically at center, I, I know you're still a believer that Landon Dickerson is there, – there's nothing to fear there. We just saw him doing cartwheels a couple weeks ago. Um, we're, we're not afraid of Landon Dickerson in the first round at this point. It's... Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, his, his – first of all, his sheer size. I mean, we, we don't see centers that big, 6'5", 335 pounds, and that athletic too. I mean, you know, I wouldn't put him in the top 10% of interior linemen athletically, but I would also say he's most definitely not in the bottom 40 or 50%. I mean, he's somewhere in between there, but his smarts, you know, his leadership absolutely sing to me. You know, I think he'll be fine, even if the start of his season is going to be delayed a little bit. Um, I think he could play all three interior positions, and he wouldn't kill you at tackle if you needed him, you know, like in the same way that Tyree Phillips played a lot of different positions in college, you, you theoretically could put him in tackle in an emergency situation, but he's an interior guy. And I think center is really a great spot for him. And, you know, it, it, in time you'd have this, this tremendous leader theoretically working with Lamar Jackson and that run game, it would be, you know, I think he has the movement skills to, to operate in that kind of system. So I love him. Creed Humphrey though, is another guy who if you're yeah. looking for, you know, the immediate returns, he's got the intangibles too. the athletic skills are, are tremendous. He's a high school wrestler. He's, he's grown on me. He had a really bad big 12 title game in the 2019 season. For some reason, I just let that game bother me too much. Hmm. And the more I, hmm. you know, checked around with people, it was clear there's, there's wide, you know, there's mass appeal for, for his skill. Um, and guy that you would be able to get a little bit later too, right? Like a guy that it, it, are you're you're thinking that maybe you could find that guy, a Creed Humphrey, say bottom of the second round, and 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 address something else in the first round, and still maybe find a day one starter there at at the bottom of round two. Yeah, I think Humphrey is going to be a second round pick if I had to guess. Um, yeah, I mean. It, Probably, I could see him going anywhere in round two. I mean, okay. that's that's really where I would think he he probably projects. Could he slip out of out of the second round? Possibly, but yeah, no, that scenario works. Another name I'd bring up too is Quinn Miners, the kid from Wisconsin yeah. Whitewater. Yeah, he's played guard in college, but he looked great at center at the Senior Bowl, and you know, I think he's got the potential to at least be on the same level or similar level to, to Dickerson and Humphrey in time. And he is Eric Edholm, Yahoo Sports. We're going to link up his mock draft for you to check it out at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Eric, what else can I plug for you, man? Are you, I feel like everybody, you you got to have like a podcast, right? Like I, how, <laughs> it feels like I don't have my own podcast. I, don't, I guess I'm not, uh, I, there's various reasons for that, but no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine in my role, but yeah, I, I've been doing actually a fantasy draft series with Liz Loza, who does a lot of great fantasy work for us. And, kind of projecting how the the skill guys are going to fit at the next level. So I've been doing that. That's going on right now. 
I've got my top 100 prospects series. I think we're, I just put up Jason Oway from Penn State, another guy the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Look at. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that one went up this morning. He's my number 32 player. So we're rolling along. I got 31 more of these things to crank out, and uh, we got about, what, three weeks of the draft. It's pretty exciting. At Eric underscore Ed Holm is how you follow him on Twitter. And again, Yahoo Sports for all of his draft stuff. Eric, always appreciate it, man. Uh, continued to safety and health to you and your family. Thanks for doing this this morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. See ya. Eric Edholm checking with us for our weekly NFL draft segment. I am, you know, I, I'm in a, a tougher spot than I was. Like, you know, a few weeks ago, I was so zeroed in on those two guys. And it, I'm just so is convinced. Is really the Batemans? Definitely. Yeah, it really has become con- consensus that those guys. I keep seeing Tony 20-ish, and I keep seeing, you know. I'm just not in love with Kadarius Tony. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm not. fine with him being taken ahead of Bateman, right? Like, Oh, I haven't seen a lot of that. I have. I've a seen, lot of him ahead of Bateman? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen, I've seen him as the fourth as off the board. Who had that? Different places. I think I saw it on either McShay or Tannenbaum's. Okay. One well, Tannenbaum's had a, had a. I mean, Tannenbaum had the Ravens taking somebody that. Like De- Deontay Brown or something, somebody completely so far off the radar that I, I had no idea what to make of it. It was an utterly Bateman bizarre. Bateman was a little smaller than people expected. I think in his pro day, he was only six foot three quarters and one ninety. I think. So you know, I I don't know. It's I mean, that's not, not gonna that's not gonna scare me off of him. Um, but hopefully, it scares some other teams. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't gotten that. I have. I kind of have a feeling he's gonna be there. Yeah, I do not have that feeling. Based off, at all. you know. I only I only have that feeling I would only believe that I'm trying to think of what the scenario is. Like right now we're hearing the Falcons are trying to move out of number four because we now know the top three picks are all quarterbacks. Is there another team out there that's so desperate for a quarterback that they could move up to four in order to get Fields? If we assume that Mac Jones is going to end up being three, then Fields becomes the next guy that would be in play at four at that point. People like Lance a lot also. I mean, yeah, somebody who loves Trey Lance, they could move up to number four, but the Falcons are trying to if clearly, yeah. obvi- obviously, yeah. all of these things are good for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You want to somehow get to the point where like Kyle Trask is coming off In the, the board. In the same mock where they had Tony at twenty and it's the fourth receiver off the board, they had Sewell, P and I Sewell mm-hmm. at thirteen, which seems impossible. Yeah, I saw somebody say like somebody was talking about uh Carolina, like maybe having a choice between Sewell and Kyle Pitts, and I was just like, "Really? Is Pitts this?" Seems to be likely off the board in the top is, five, is we think, this... right, or top six, I should say. I mean, maybe. Because yeah. it seems like the Dolphins got back in there because they wanted to get one of the pass catchers. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of people have just assumed that it was to get a receiver for the I Dolphins. Mean, Pitts is essentially a receiver. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, I do, but man, it's a really weird world. Just a really weird world. I I'm I am not. I'm just not nearly as zeroed in. I'm I'm really not. I'm not nearly as zeroed in. All of these sort of random names that are being thrown about, I'm I have no idea what to make of it. And it's it's I'm probably gonna trade back. It's and that's what it's leading me to. It's leading me to a place where I feel like they're not gonna pick a twenty seven. Like I'm 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 almost coming around to the idea of if it's not one of these slam dunk types of guys, they're just not taking the twenty seventh pick. They're not doing it. And well, that's not to say that you know, that goes back to where available I available doesn't fall in their lap. Sure, I mean it t- could totally work out there, and like the the scenario that Eric Edholm had playing out, where um, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa uh, falls that far, like fascinating, you know, not 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 a guy that has been on my radar because the consensus Is had he been inside the linebacker or outside. He's more of a safety linebacker. Okay. 
hybrid. Like he's more of a safety. Um, he he, you know, he's interesting. He's that type of playmaker that you say if if that guy's sitting there and you got a chance to grab him, I get it. I get just saying the hell with it. We'll solve the problem because we think we're getting a special football player in the process. Hour number two in the books was also brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in, get a tidbit, get tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. At Glory Days Grill, they have great food and good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports-themed family restaurant with 39 restaurants up and down the East Coast. Watch all of the games on a ton of TVs, and each table has its own wireless speaker so you can tune in to whatever game it is you're watching. Find out more about what's happening at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialist. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks. And if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks baseball is back in full in 2021 and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell hi i'm paul valley and you can catch me along with my co-host zach goodman every saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Pressbox sports we'll break down every win every loss and everything in between plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at PressBoxSports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, a lengthy Q&A with Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as he candidly discussed the impact the pandemic has had on the team's rebuilding effort, Chris Davis, Adley Rutschman, and much more. Inside, find our special college lacrosse feature, introducing you to the men's and women's players at all of the area schools. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
All right, winding it down for a Thursday home opener edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is also brought to you by K&S Automotive in Hamden. For over 40 years, K&S Automotive has been restoring, repairing, maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles. The focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. And that's everything from something as simple as an oil change all the way up to major body work. They've got you covered at KNS. 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive, knsimports.com. You ever figure out who uh, smashed your window in? Nope. Uh, apparently it was like some teenagers. I don't know. I don't ah, know. some teenagers uh, scare the living S out of me. Um, yeah, pretty annoying. Did you get it fixed? Today, good? This afternoon it will be. Got know, the old appointment, the insurance company, yeah, yeah. insurance company taking care of it. I mean, I have to hit my deductible, so it's not as if it's. Well, how much is a windshield? Let's just say uh, that money from the tournament is ah, immediately. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Good thing you got it. Uh, you got that. Yeah, good thing. So, so Baylor, hey, good day, ba- go, yeah, go Baylor. Right. Um, so people have demanded, and I I cannot believe this, but they have demanded a Kyle in the kitchen segment. <laughs> And I'm. I can't believe it either, for what it's worth. I'm, you know, as I said yesterday, I actually, I can't believe this. Yesterday, it was actually pleasant to me. You enjoyed I, it. I, well, I told you that. I said it was. I, I was saying. having a terrible day, and, you said and one of the better parts of your morning. I, I enjoyed listening to you talk about your wings for whatever they were strange really, reason. Really good. But this is the deal, oh, and I laid it out that way. I'm for it, and we'll even do like a, we'll even do a sounder for it. Like we'll do a whole thing. It's been requested that you wear a chef's hat. I think that I agree with that. I think that I agree. Nick and John in particular were all over this. They want you to wear a chef's hat when you do the segment. I so I would like that. Please get a chef's hat, okay? You can get a chef's hat somewhere. That's not that's not hard. Um, it's got to be a prepared segment. What do you mean? Like what we're not gonna do is I'm gonna come in having a topic that I want to talk about, and then you suddenly be like, you mean I'll have a designated you know, I was, amount of time? I was, I don't, it's, I, the amount of time is not that no, important. I mean that you'll I'm have a saying, spot for me when, I, when we're like, going to we'll, do it. We'll decide. It. But you don't have to mean like I have to have it written as a speech. No, I'm not saying as a speech. Not I do at all. my best work. I'm saying, off the cuff. I'm saying you know when it when it pisses me off is when I'm trying to talk about something. Yesterday, you know what happened? I needed I needed to be calm. I needed to be relaxed. I was so pissed off about my experience mm-hmm. that in a weird way, your stupid wings relaxed me. Mm-hmm. Right, and they weren't stupid, by the way. That's fine. You want to see a picture your, of them? Your wings. Uh, sure. Why not? Why yeah, wouldn't? Why not? why not? Right. They're beautiful. Your wings actually relaxed me yesterday. Talking about the wings that you made, and and the, the well, they are good looking wings. You're not wrong about that. Those are some good looking wings. I there's no doubt about it. I gotta say, I'm fond of the recipe. I'm gonna be using it again. So, um, so yeah. So the deal is, we're gonna do the segment once a week. It was requested. <laughs> So I have to like legitimately start getting to the kitchen. Adventures more in often. the kitchen, no doubt. Kyle in the kitchen is the segment. Uh, Kyle in the is kitchen. Is it a given day we're doing this? I would like for it to be Fridays, not tomorrow, but starting next I get week. It. We also have a quite the show pack planned for tomorrow. We do. And all kind of for whatever reason, it all I had fell irons and fires. I wasn't just making it up. Well, sometimes. Trust me. Sometimes. I've been trying. Sometimes here. you just say that. <laughs> I got guest book for Monday. I got guest book for another day, Tuesday. What do we have booked for Monday and Tuesday? Oh, you'd like to know, wouldn't you? I would. I know Quinn Miners is joining yeah. us one of those days, right? Yeah. There's we, another one I'm forgetting, I think. Oh, Dave Parker is joining us next week, which is going to piss off Orioles fans. <laughs> that is true. Dave Parker is going to join the show next week. That'll be awkward. Uh, we'll reflect on 79 with him. I do feel, if I can put Ron Sabota on, I can put on Dave Parker. Oh, yeah, Pat Fryermuth is joining us on Monday. Oh, I like Pat Fryermuth. Very good. 
And I think Terry Hasseltine's going to be checking with us early next week. We are getting closer. They, like, the, the cycling classic is happening this year. It's it's on. And I'm actually quite excited about it, despite the fact that it does nothing for me as far as like a viewing sport. I'm just excited for anything that helps us. Mm-hmm. And that time of year, given everything we've been through, we could use an event like that that's beneficial for us. I've come around on... Um like poking in at the Tour de France. Yeah, you've but you've been like that for a couple of years. It just doesn't do anything for me. Um, but yeah, starting next week, Fridays, Kyle in the kitchen. All I right. I figure out what I'm going to do. I want a chef's hat. I guess should I be taking requests? Gonna, Is it here's the question. Am I, would, I am I, I would, am I going for like are we looking for disasters? No, or I don't think we're looking for. Dis- well, I don't. Right? didn't get the sense that we're looking I for disaster. Think so too. I think we're looking for story, though. So I think if it turns into a disaster, a bad thing. That's okay. It, right. You know, it's a. I have a friend, and she messaged me about something unrelated the other day, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "I know this is going to sound crazy, but how do I make burgers?" She was like, "My my my fiance's always done the grilling. I've never made burgers, but so, I have this meat, and I want to make." burgers a lot of different questions about and i don't know how to make them right people say do you need egg do you not need egg and 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 there's no by the way there's no correct answer to these and so i however that one guy with the voice box made them is the correct answer i don't remember the story of the voice box the preseason football game where my buddy and i went oh yeah that's right yeah yeah you were in love with that. that's the correct way um my wife regularly makes burgers that are too small they bind well but they're too small right right like she does that regularly bites a bun kind of thing and i one of the mistakes again in my house is that she doesn't want me in the kitchen so I'll do the grilling, but she'll do the preparing. Gender rules, baby. It, I don't care for it. I don't care for this at all, but that's the I way like, she I wants it. I kind of enjoy preparing vegetables. Preparing vegetables? Like I doing mean, the like chopping? The roast, the... No, the roasting. Like cooking vegetables oh, okay. is a good thing. Oh, it's, okay. it's easy. Also. I'm just saying anything that's in the kitchen, she, right. she gets very angry about me being in the kitchen. She's like, you're out there. I'm in here. That's the way that it works. And I would prefer to prepare. She gives you that bowl of water and everything. Yeah, it's nice, right? Like <laughs> she's like, I'll give you a long leash, right? You got plenty of room to maneuver. Um, but I would prefer to be be preparing like the burgers, for example. I would prefer that she doesn't buy the giant Dolly Parton chicken breasts that <laughs> yeah. she purchases that are impossible to grill because them. they can be. She doesn't want that. It's a whole thing, Kyle. You can marry her, okay? And you can deal with it. I've been dealing with it for an eternity. It's infuriating. I'm like, baby, the answer is thighs. Everybody likes chicken thighs. Purchase some chicken thighs. She's like, mm, I want these gigantic chicken breasts that are a completely different temperature, you know, over here than they are there. She's, oh, it drives me nuts. Anyway, the point being, Kyle in the kitchen <laughs> next Friday. We start it, get a chef's hat, oh, and whatever. And I think, again, whatever the adventure is, success, failure, whatever. It's about the story. Does anyone have a chef's hat? Anybody, please let me know if you have a chef's hat that you're willing to donate to the cause. Not, you can probably like, check in at a restaurant. I'm sure you can find a chef's hat. I don't think it's going to be all that Do they hard. need those? Is that a requirement for chefs these no, days? No, it's like it's a, not. it's not at all. It's, like it's a li- yesteryear sort of thing, right? It is a yesteryear sort of thing, but yeah. somebody would give you one. Somebody would give you a chef's hat. You can get one. It's not going to be hard, all right? But that's what we're going to do starting next Friday, okay? We good? I guess, yeah. All right. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 right now to get roof and siding repairs to the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. Tidbit of the day. Guess what, Glenn? Yes. John Means tied Jim Palmer's club record of allowing one run or fewer 
in six straight starts. How about that? It is neat. How about that? Also worth noting. I didn't know that, actually. I don't know why. They, they weren't really talking about that last night. When uh, Cedric Mullins raised his batting average to 522 on the season with his homer off Jamison Talion. Talion? Talion? Tolan? I don't know. It was the first hit allowed by Talion? Talion? Tolan? Talon? Since May 2019. Tyon, by the way. I'll see. Tyon. May 2019. Hmm. It's the amount of time that had passed between hmm. hits allowed by Jameson Tyon. But that's not because he was throwing no, no hitters he was in, in the process. Yes. And the Orioles, while they have struck out well, a bit more than we would have liked, a lot more actually, they're still better than the Cubs at hitting right now. The Cubs... Batting 124 as a team brutal, man. are 21 for 169, and it is the second worst team batting average through six games of a season since 1900. <laughs> Only the 2013 Pirates have done worse. Not great. Not great, Bob. Cheeky good trivia here. Since 2017. Put that on my list, by the way. I want to do a Mad Men rewatch. I want to... What do you mean? Put that on my list? What do you think? I just I run your list. Yeah, I for do. You? I think <laughs> you should jot it down somewhere. I want to. So I've never watched from start to finish. I watched one episode. and I was drunk. And I was like, "This is pretty good." It's I great. And I, but I, I watched. It's like uh, the way that I watched um, Breaking Bad. It was sporadic. I hear you. It was sporadic for me. I wanted to do a more consistent watch. Three hitters since 2017. Yes. Only three hitters. Only three hitters have. 25 plus home runs, mm-hmm. 150 plus hits. Okay. In a single season? In fewer than 600 at bats. Wait, 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 wait. Since 2017. Uh huh. So since Pablo, I just gave you one of them. Since Pablo <laughs> Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> was okay. released by the Red Sox in 2017. Okay. He's one of three players. He would have never gotten that one, so that's fine. He's one of three players that have 25-plus home runs, 150-plus hits right. in less but, uh, than was that, 600 okay, at this is Total. Not in one season. Total. I mean, now I'm, I have no idea how to even go about figuring out who these guys are. I mean, where do I even start? Because everybody, all the good players have 600 at-bats. Is that the case, Glenn? Yes. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, is it? So it has to uniquely be someone that retired no. or or was hurt. No. Who wouldn't have 600 total at-bats between 2017 and now? Could have made it your debut in the Mets fan. Okay, I mean that's the others that you just started in the last year. I mean this is this is really goofy, dude. This is a really goofy one. Um. So, so, I mean, it's not Randy Arozarena. It's not. And by the way, it also was aided by last year being a shortened season. Right. So, who would have been a rookie in 2019? Who was a rookie in 19? Uh, Alon- it was Pete Alonzo a rookie in 19? He was, but it's not who I'm looking for. Not that good at baseball, really. Uh, Tatis? 
Fernando Tatis okay. is one of the three or two that you're trying to guess. Who else? Who else was a rookie in 19? Uh, huh. This player was indeed a rookie in 19. Um... Uh, yeah, Alvarez was it Jordan Jordan Alvarez from the Astros? He's an impressive hitter, but it is not Jordan. Okay. Who else is a rookie in 2019? Yeah. Can you give me a league? National league. National league. Because Alvarez was the AL Rookie of the Year that year, right? Sounds right, but he only played like half the season. He was mashing. And Acuna was Acuna 19? No, he was 18, right? He I was before he was that. 18, yeah. He was before that. 19. 19. Um, Juan Soto was before that, right? Uh, he was 18, yeah. yeah. Who else was a rookie in 2019? Uh, how about... How about... Victor Robles, was he a rookie in 19? Uh, he's not good enough for okay. this. He's not? I don't think he has 25 really? home runs in history. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. He's not a home run guy. He still seems like 25. Uh, I, I don't know. You have to give me something. Robles was a rookie in 2017. For what it's really? Like. And in his career, he has 23 home runs. Huh? Jesus. <laughs> All right. You got to give me something. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not coming. I'm not coming to the other rookie. There's a cheeky good reason. There's a cheeky good reason. There's a cheeky good reason. Somebody who came up with the Orioles that that went elsewhere. Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski. Damn it. Is Damn it. The yeah. third. Mike Yastrzemski. All right. Very good. Tabular brought to you by Home Team Masks. They're available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Get yours. We are so close. I'm apparently getting vaccinated next Tuesday. So we can go back to our. Which alley are you going to? Uh, well, I know there was a spot. There was a guy that had a sign over here, and he was just like, hi, hi, little boy, do you want a vaccine? And I was like, I do. But it was weird that he just didn't give it to me then, but right, he made right. me schedule it. That's, that seemed kind of strange. Yeah, no, I hear uh, so Kyle and I will be able to go back to our uh, pre-show French kisses, which is Finally. good. We've been waiting on that for a long time. That'll be a good thing. Didn't yeah. need a chef hat for that, though. Apparently. No, no. Well, it's all how it worked out in my mind, and I didn't see it that way. But uh, looking forward to that. I am, uh, I am logged in for next Tuesday. Didn't want to butt uh, ahead of anybody in line, so I'm glad that it worked out that way, that I got the invite for next Tuesday. All right, uh, totally tubular. Ooh, boy, but yeah, pressboxonline.com slash masks was the point. Even though we're getting close, let's just let's just finish this thing. Finish this bad boy off. Let's go that way. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular tonight. Did that apparently not post, by the way? Can you hit the old publish button? Sure. I guess it didn't save my little doodah at the front. Whatever, it's fine. I don't care. Nothing got saved because it doesn't save the Orioles pitcher name either. Why did that not save? Put uh, Matt Harvey as being the Orioles pitcher. Uh, yeah, home opener this afternoon on Masson. Of course, uh, it will be Matt Harvey on the mound for the Birds. Eduardo. Speaking of former Orioles farmhands, Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound for the Red Sox. Three o'clock on Masson for the game. Uh, Masters coverage also gets underway today. Everybody, people seem to care about that. Three o'clock on ESPN. 
The other baseball today on MLB Network, Mets Marlins at 1, Brewers Cardinals at 4, Athletics Astros at 8, Dusty Baker's mad at Athletics fans. Why? Because they're harassing, oh, okay, you know, right. like he's gonna he have to, job, gonna have yeah. to get used to that, dog. There is no getting around that. Uh, Big Ten Network, Rutgers, Maryland, women's lacrosse at five o'clock. NBC Sports, Washington, Bruins, Capitals at seven. ESPN two has the Frozen Four tonight. Who you got? St. Cloud State, Minnesota State at five. Cloud baby. Yeah, you always got to You love the cloud. Yeah. Minnesota Duluth and UMass at nine. Uh, Duluth. Paper yeah, company. you're going with an all-Minnesota uh, championship game. Minnesota. That's what you're going with. TNT Lakers heat at 730. Suns Clippers at 10. You haven't asked me once my thoughts on the Suns knocking off the Utah Jazz last night. Yeah, I did. It's weird. And now being just a game out of the best record in the NBA. Yeah, I must have forgotten. What would you like? You want to do it now? <laughs> How did I not know they called Chris Paul the point god? That's the greatest nickname in the history of sports. That's a phenomenal nickname. Is he, though? Man, dude. Just a kid, I feel like, was a pretty good point god. But he wasn't. I, point god works. And I think it kind of has to be a Boston point god. No, also. I disagree. It's point god. Point it's got god. It's got to work. No, that's dumb. It's got to work as a double entendre. because It's got to be a scoring point god. And Jason Kidd was not. Chris Paul most certainly is. He's getting points as a point god. That's well, the Damian way it's got to work. should be the point god. I could hear the argument for it, but he's not as good of a distributor of the ball. Neither of those are as good distributors as Chris Paul ever was. I get that. So I think that it completely fits. At a time, at a time, and he became more of a scorer as his career went on. Could have been as much of a scorer as he wanted to be. Probably could have been, but Chris (laughs) open shot you gave him. Such a phenomenal nickname, man. That's such a good one. Suns Clippers tonight, ten o'clock on TNT. Uh, night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver at 8 o'clock. What did you think of the uh, Walter Tommaso Champa match? Got to say, I'm not a big fan of Tommaso's work. He's no. a little too vulgar for my liking. Well, you know, you'd be surprised sometimes. He's, by the way, got some of the best music in the history of professional wrestling. It was a hell of a match, by the way. It was phenomenal. Uh, that's, did he uh, do Freebird? Yes, he did. He did. That's his song. That's amazing. That, yeah, Crazy. <laughs> that's the way it works. 8 o'clock tonight. On Peacock for night two. Give me some non-sports highlights. Uh, non-sports. We've got... The Moody's. The Moody's tonight at 9.30 on Fox. You've got Young Sheldon. You're a big fan. 8 o'clock on CBS. United States of Al, if you're into that. Follow 8.30. The Dean, the Dean Norris show. I have not looked at yeah. that. Um, Grey's Anatomy is still going somehow. Uh, 9 o'clock on ABC. Stuff and things, really. There's not a whole lot crazy going on on Thursday nights. Hank Azaria is on Colbert, presumably doing, doing a uh, Brockmire thing. Well, they're promoting the podcast. Right, he's doing, doing a podcast as Brockmire. Yeah, 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 looking, looking forward to that. So I do like that. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's yeah. all that seems re- relevant to me. The Wallflower is on Kimmel. You never miss the Wallflowers when they're on Kimmel. I know, right? Come on, man. Normally my go-to. Uh, so Tubular was also brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox. In the final few days for you to get this one, Brandon Hyde on the cover. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Thanks today to two, Eric Edholm from Yahoo. Thanks to Stecka. Thanks to Rob Long. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. But tomorrow on the program, Mayor, Mayor Brandon, Brandon Scott, Scott going to join us. By the way, this is going to be a weird bit. He's. We have yeah. to record that with him. Believe it or not, he's a busy man. Yeah. So we have to record it with him before, before he, throws, he the throws the first so we pitch. Can't talk about how it went. So my intent is to see if he'll play along, and discuss both scenarios, and then leave both of them in. <laughs> like my 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 goal is to say Brandon, right, or, or, Mr. Mayor, what a first pitch right down the middle. How'd you do it? And then to immediately say, Mr. Mayor, terrible first pitch. 
how ashamed are you? And yeah. see if he'll be okay with leaving both of those. In. And we've known Brandon yeah, for a long yeah, yeah. time, so I think he'd be willing to play along with us, although he's probably going to be quite busy today. I, I have imagine. no idea how he's squeezing this in on a day like today. Uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony Levine, Levine, yep, from the Baltimore Ravens, just re-signed. He's going to join us tomorrow. Fats Russell will join us. Yeah, uh, obviously transferred to the University of Maryland. Philly kid who's playing up at Rhode Island and some high expectations for him arriving at Maryland. Stuff and things. Stuff and things still tomorrow on the program. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. By the way, go to their website. If if you can't, like I, I cannot volunteer next Tuesday because I'm going to get vaccinated. Um, but if you want to volunteer and don't want to wait for me to, to go out and help out Bradley and Nikki Bozeman, please go to their website. they got a link up for um, what you can email in order to get involved as a volunteer. They could really use the help, and it was a wonderful experience being out there this week. I'm going to do it again very soon. Um, thanks, Kyle Ottenheimer. Sad, lonely man. Follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go, Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.